0: Welcome to The Wrong Side of the Maelstrom, a Warhammer 40,000 podcast based in Southern Ontario. My name's Ian, and my co-host Jason will be joining me shortly, just as soon as his drop pod hits the ground. This is episode 21, and tonight we will be focusing on getting out of hobby drought. We start off with some hobby progress, games played, do a rules-lawyering segment on uh, independent characters in close combat... And then we do a main topic on how to find your mojo again and get hobbying. We have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash maelstrom. Be sure to check it out where we post updates and uh, pictures. If you wish to contact us via email, we can be reached at wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And finally, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and SoundClouds and leave us a great review. Also, Brimstone Games in Windsor is a miniatures night and a club called the Greater Windsor Table Warriors. Not sure when the night is, but they still have regular game days, and you can find them at itoysoldiers.com. Jason, my home store, is the Games Workshop at Young Lawrence in Toronto. So uh, check it out and message us over Facebook or email if you want to get a game in. Please enjoy tonight's episode, and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom.
1: Now
2: entering the wrong side of the maelstrom with your hosts, Ian Clough and Jason McEntry. All right,
0: let's talk hobby.
1: Let's do it, man. Uh, you want me to go first or you want to go
0: first? You better go first. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not going to be very long if I go first. Right on.
1: Well, I have done a fair amount. Uh-huh. I kind of, uh, last time we talked, I had built 20 TAC Marines just to kind right, of like change right. up the flow. Um, i had been talking about doing my... Uh, That Dreadnought Blood Angels Army. Blood Angels, yeah. uh, That I'd been buying stuff for and everything. So at last time we talked, I had 20 TAC Marines built. Mm -hmm. And I had one Librarian Dreadnought built. Yeah. Now I finished building the other Librarian Dreadnought. I built a Death Company Dreadnought, which I'm Mm -hmm. using as Cast the Dam. I built a Drop Pod, which, God, those are fun to build, aren't they?
0: Yeah. And I bought most of mine
1: used, so... (laughs) Uh, well i bought two of them used and this was the first new one that i had built yeah they're not um they're not fun to build i kind of like started building it and i do build like pretty slowly mm-hmm. do a lot of dry fitting and stuff like that and i think it was like 8 30 or something and i was watching like the strain and oh, okay, yeah i was kind of like all right well i'm kind of i'm kind of done right now mm-hmm. with building i don't think i want to do anymore and then i realized i was like i just have to power through this if i stop yeah. now it's never going to happen. Yeah, I'm not going to want to go back to this. And I was just getting to the point where you have to, like, put all of, like, the top pieces together. Yeah. You basically have to do them all at the same time, too. You anyway. need to call in, like, two friends to hold yeah, it. to hold like... it all together, yeah. Um, but we got that built. Um And mm-hmm. then I also bought a Contemptor Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Forge World one, just the... Just the GW one. Yeah, just the Horus yeah. Heresy GW one. And that might be the worst kit i've ever really bought. yeah that is a piece of shit kit man huh i think some people are pretty open about it but uh and everybody knows man i love gw stuff like a lot of the new kits and stuff are great but that horse heresy contemptor kit is garbage it's like honestly like you look at that model man we're looking at it right now at the table yeah i maybe 10 pieces
0: yeah it's more it's almost like snapped together yeah
1: yeah uh, like the arms aren't that posable they're kind of like just like yeah, it's from Forward. the um, it's I from the Battle of this, Kalf set. Yeah, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Um, the only change that I did was um, I gave him like a blood claw instead of a uh, instead of like the power, power fist. fist yeah, yeah. Uh, which I'm pretty sure you can do with um, yeah, in blood World book. Yeah. yeah, with the forge world book, I thought you could. Yeah, um, I mean, Battle Scribe's giving me shit about it. It's telling me that I can't give him blood talons if I I think if I have two power fists, I can give him blood talons. Oh,
0: I don't know. Um, just I don't know. Though. Count it counted as a bl- yeah. Powerful I need sun. to get the
1: actual like Forge World data like
0: sheet, I right? have. Like some of my dreadnoughts have talons instead of fists. Yeah, because in f- before the seventh edition codex came out, they were actually really good. And now they're just like a waste of points in my opinion. You think blood talons
1: are a waste of point?
0: It's ten points for shred, and you're wounding up in two's most of it in two. The gets it for free. Oh well, well it's twos
1: re-rolling, Yeah.
0: Yeah, they. I mean, they used to be amazing. Yeah, like they would mow through units. Yeah. So, but then I'm like, I'm I've got better points places with those ten points. Yeah.
1: So uh, that makes sense. Uh, I don't know. My experience with it in the one game that I've played with them so far mm-hmm. uh, has been pretty good. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I also uh, acquired a dreadnought drop pod. Mm-hmm. Uh Which is pretty cool. I can't yeah. wait to. I haven't really put it together yet. Yeah, it's just just kinda sitting. Like, yeah, just kind of yeah. sitting there uh i'm excited to do that i mean like resin stuff i don't have a lot of experience with so it's a little bit more work but yeah it's more or less the same yeah you just gotta dedicate a bit more time to shaving it down shaving it down washing
0: it stuff like that um you got a contemptor, and i I also
1: acquired a built and painted contemptor so i gotta throw that in the simple green cleaner Mm -hmm. off because it's dark angels, and I need it to be blood angels. At least it's an angel. That's yeah, just it's close an angel enough, of some sort, right? So, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I also primed everything that I had built. Yeah, and then I also had a can of uh, the Mephiston red. Yeah, right? yeah. And I did a, I did everything that needed to be red. Red. Um, mm-hmm. Although I ran into a problem as I was doing my second librarian dreadnought. Like I did the arms because the arms pop off. Um, oh, okay, those are yeah. fine. And then as I went to go do the the core of it, the can just got all watery all of a sudden
0: yeah i that looks good okay so for the second librarian dread the arms look normal but then the body and legs look like you've it's been red and then a heavy heavy wash
1: yeah um that's not a heavy wash that's just a really wet red that kind of went on it well Um, then so i stopped and uh i just haven't had time to go back and like retry the can because i gave the can like i let it be for a few minutes and then Mm -hmm. i shook it up again and tried again it was still the same like watery consistency yeah apparently i talked to Um, the store manager at Games Workshop, and he said, well, there's a chance the can might be defective. So Mm. he goes, try it again. Because there's still paint in the can. Like, when you shake it, you can feel there's paint. Well, I only primed, uh, what, two Dreadnoughts and 20 Marines. Yeah, so it's not a whole lot. No, like, a can's going to do more than that. It should, yeah. Um, So he said, try it again if it's still defective, if it's still, like, all watery. Get Mm -hmm. a new can. So that's not bad. That's good. Um, At least they're backing up their product.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're good about that. I brought in some, uh, I bought some of the liquid green stuff yeah. and it looked, I, I brought it home and then it, I realized it dried out. Mm-hmm. I, I think I had, I didn't actually open it because I wanted to
1: return it yeah. and they just exchanged it for free right, right on, on the right. spot. So. Cool. Um, and then I wanted to do, before I like got into the TAC Marines, I wanted to do one test model mm-hmm. just to make sure that the techniques I was using and everything were going to look good. Yeah. So I got one TAC Marine, um, He's almost 100% done. I put a picture of him up on the Facebook page. Yeah, it um, looks good. Just still, I don't really want to do the red shoulder pads. I want to do the actual shoulder pads, something else.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Just to change it up a little bit, you can do kind of like a successor chapter feel.
0: Or just like different company markings and yeah, stuff. Like, oh, this is the sixth company or yeah. something like that.
1: So I'm thinking maybe black shoulder pads. I know that's supposed to signify like a sergeant. Yeah. So I don't know I, if that would
0: really flow well you don't have the codex yet do you no okay i should lend you mine then because it has like it shows all the different markings in right there. yeah cool. i should have um, brought that tonight actually sorry
1: and i was thinking about doing white and then i could do like a black transfer for all like the stuff on the shoulder pads mm-hmm. uh but white's hard to do man to get white looking smooth yeah i don't so know if i want to yeah i don't know if i want to spend that much time because this army is supposed to be just like fun to paint and everything like that which we're gonna get into later in our main topic Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a nice like change of flow and I don't want to be spending like too too much time yeah, on anything like I'm doing a little bit of dry brushing on them and stuff which mm-hmm. I normally don't do so yeah. yeah looks good so far thanks buddy yeah. Um, how about yourself what
0: have you been up to so I just I don't know what I've been doing but it's not been a lot of hobbying so the only thing I've really got done is last weekend I was at GW for most of the Saturday because mm-hmm. it was like the last week of the Sigmar campaign and that's pretty much done, we're going to try and do a finale battle, but uh, I didn't, I wasn't challenged in the campaign, so I was just uh, painting um, objective markers, so I posted a while ago the objective markers on the Facebook page when Mm -hmm. I built them, and it's like a Terminator statue with like a broken sword and then like a little hatchway, some ammo, um, a marine like battlefield grave with a chainsword Mm -hmm. stuck in the ground and a helmet on top, and like a dead or dying marine holding up like a flag, Mm -hmm. and I think there's one more i'm forgetting oh there's like a calm relay thing Mm -hmm. and they all can doubles like you know stuff to go with an ags which is really nice but i got those mostly fully painted i think there's a few more details on some of them but like for the most part they're all done i just got to go in and paint the numbers on them
1: it's always handy to have objective markers yeah
0: and they look really good Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah it's always better to have something better than just like a a coin or die or, or something, a or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I, I really like got, them. in there. I got to work on my objective markers.
0: Yeah, yours look really good. It was really inspiring. My granite ones. Yeah, your granite yeah, ones. Was
1: lucky I had those extra bases kicking around. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, yeah, I like bought a big lot of Terminators a few years ago, and so I've got tons of bases from them because I didn't end up building half of them. Uh, the other thing I did is I primed a ton of uh, terrain, and also some Sigmar stuff, so some demons and some rats. And what I did with the train, I actually meant to do this before our APOC game mm-hmm. that we had a couple of weeks back. Yeah. Um, so as like a quick prime, I primed it all black, and then I tried to do like a um it's a call where you just like spray from one direction. Zenith lighting sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So
1: like objective ha- source lighting or yeah,
0: so I like I had um a can of Storm and grey and just primed the train from the top so cool. it's got like gray and hopefully some shading I haven't really looked at it too mm-hmm. much it's just been It's kind of what I but... did with the
1: mephiston red yeah like I uh I tried to hit it all but like I didn't try and get like underneath too much and yeah. stuff so like I did go like lower with the spray but not like under underneath yeah yeah and that way you do get like the red kind of touches it but it's still a little black yeah. so it gives that more like shading feel to it yeah so hopefully
0: the train because I, I don't know when I'm gonna get to it and so, hopefully, if I put it on the table, it's going to look half-decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, that, that was the idea there. Other than that, I haven't... I don't think I've done as... Oh, I built, like, six rats for Blood Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was at me and Noah's little box. because so. right, huh? He's doing, like, Underworld, so
1: they have a bunch of yeah. Skaven. And uh, you got any, like, hobby goals or anything?
0: Um,
1: We are doing our episodes farther apart now, so you do have a fair amount of time. I
0: know, but I'm also moving next weekend, so... Hobby rooms set up.
2: Oh, that's my own not hobby bad. Room. It's a little so, different. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to have a table and like tons of shelving and stuff. Sweet. So I want to do another like an APOC game, apartment warming game. Oh, at the, uh, at at the apartment? The yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be pretty so cool. Yeah. We'll see. Because the way it's going to work is like the gaming room, it's like the big sliding door. Yep. So I'm going to have the gaming room in there and then I'm if the doors open, I can put another table another next table to the it. Side yeah,
1: or cool stuff, man. So
0: hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, I gotta figure out where what desk I'm putting in there and a couple of things because so I have to go in and measure on Thursday or Friday.
1: Cool. I'm always down for an apoc game, man. Yeah, it's my favorite way to play. <laughs> As uh, you've other said than, time and time again. <laughs>
0: yeah, I've been really antsy lately about the new Eldar stuff that's coming out, so mm-hmm. like the Yanari or whatever they're called, yeah. Fractured Beel Tan. Mm-hmm. So I I've been so close to buying them, and I've been doing Dark Eldar lists all the time. Mm-hmm. And I brought Dark Eldar to the and GW had like a conversion thing. Mm-hmm. So I brought in Dark Eldar for that. Cool. But I don't know. I've had, been having a lot of anxiety over Eighth Edition. Like, <laughs> I hear if you. it's yeah. going to get sigmar Like, I'm pretty sure I had a nightmare the other day <laughs> of like going into the store and everything sigmar and like freaking out. So. I I don't want to go and spend, you know, like 150 bucks on Warriors and Venoms, and then six months from now, it's I have to change up my list again.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're going to have to change it up too, too much. But we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Who knows what the future holds? I mean, I was kind of in the same boat, and I just decided... Fuck it. Yeah, screw yeah. it, man. I'm just going to buy the shit anyways. I want to play the army, so... Yeah. Well, I, I've decided just to hold off until after I
0: move and get settled, and then if I still really want to buy some Venoms and some Warriors and yeah. bring that. It's essentially my usual 1850 point list which, mm-hmm. you know, has some Ravagers and Jet Bikes and a Talos and stuff mm-hmm. and just take out the Witches and the Racks and mm-hmm. put in more Warriors. Mm-hmm. So, more much take out the shitty combat elements that don't work anymore. Yeah, exactly. They don't work just for put the put army. Yeah. It's what your army, is.
1: what your Dark Eldar needs. Yeah.
0: I mean, there is still some combat because there's the Archon, the Incubi, the Reavers, and the Talos but those are all decent units mm-hmm. where the witches and the racks just don't hold up in yeah, yeah, exactly. this edition. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I've got other Eldar stuff but I I was trying to make a Unari list just wasn't working. Oh, no? Yeah, just based on my collection. My elite slot was Oh, like,
1: yeah, based on your collection, yeah.
0: Like, I... Because the three Harlequin characters, they're all elites. I have mm-hmm. tons of elites for Dark Eldar and then like the uh, Wraith Guard. Mm-hmm. So it just... It didn't work out, so...
1: Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah.
0: Um, What about you? Hobby goals?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat for the next month. I got my uh, my exam coming up.
0: Oh, right. So, uh,
1: I'm still going to give myself a decent goal mm-hmm. of I want my TAC Marines 100%. So there's 20 only, TAC Marines. Yeah. Nice. So, there's only 19 left to do. Um, more or less 100% at least. Yeah. So, there's only 19 left to do. So, that's not a crazy. Like up to this guy? Yeah, standard. up to that guy's standing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that guy only took me maybe, like, two or three hours to do. Oh, that's not bad. So I can get... And that's one guy at a time. I normally do, like, like two or three guys at a time. Yeah. Um, I don't like doing, like, like, a production line. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't like doing the highlights on everybody at one time. i kind of like doing, like, a five-man squad at once or something, like a two-man squad at once or something. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you doing the Inner Circle Challenge? Um, the Games Workshop's doing?
1: Yeah, I've been asked to join into it. I'm, I might. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of that hard deadline thing was kind of what gave me a hobby drought in oh, the first yeah. place. Because the, uh, what's it called? Armazon Parade. Parade. Um, I mean, I do have, like, I want to get this Blood Angels Army done. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm kind of like pushing myself to go, to, yeah, to, to do, do it. it. I haven't like signed up for Inner Circle or anything like that. And yeah. I also don't have time to make a display board. Right. Like, I'm focused on doing the army, not the display board. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what, I don't know. We'll see if yeah. I end up getting around. If I do make like, a lot of good progress then maybe i'll think about joining in but i don't want to yeah. be like held to some commitment of painting and then get stressed out over not getting it done and yeah push yeah. other things aside and everything like that's that.
0: that's fair i'm i'm thinking to do it i mean my i'm gonna do blooding or my storm guards. so mm-hmm. i have a lot of stuff already painted yeah but i gotta get a base gotta get finished mm-hmm. but one thing is it's supposed to be 18 units so one thing I was thinking of doing is just doing the headquarters for my chapter. Oh yeah. So like 18 characters, and just mm-hmm. like there's my
1: thing. It's supposed to be eighteen units. Yeah. I don't even think my blood angels army would up to eighteen. Oh up to eighteen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine then. But one yeah. model, no. <laughs> um I think it's up to
0: eighteen. I'm pretty sure that I think that's so, like too, the cap, yeah. yeah.
1: Um yeah, I I think that's a decent hobby goal. Uh you want to get into games played? Sure. Do you want to go first or me first? Uh well why don't we talk about a game that we both played in a few weeks ago oh that's right okay so uh, in the last episode we talked about the uh, Cradorian conflict which is a campaign we're taking part in and uh, Noah had mentioned that we were doing like a hero mini game mm-hmm. uh, so we get we played that a few weeks ago yeah um, we all had 400 points of a custom character creation that Ian more or yeah, less the came rule. the rules came up with I, I, I updated are, them but, to seventh head. yeah yeah um so yeah why don't we talk about what what we brought.
0: Sure. Uh, so I brought Sanguinary Guard with like a banner, and I think the, that basic unit. Then took my fifth company captain. So it's the captain with the jump pack and an eviscerator which under the character rules I can actually use as an eviscerator which is nice. And I'd like 50, 60 points left over. So I just upped him to up the ante. So I gave him an internal warrior mm-hmm. and upped his invol save to a three plus. So he was just a tank. Yeah.
1: Which. We'll talk about may or may not have helped. (laughs) May or may not have helped. Uh, What about you? Um, So I decided to change it up a little bit. I was going to do an interceptor squad. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, oh, that's kind of cool and fluffy because that's the point of the campaign. Yeah. Um, Tried to work around the points. I couldn't get the unit up to like past like 220 or something like that, which is like when you're dealing with 400 points. Because you were doing an interceptor squad with a uh, A sergeant. Like a sergeant, yeah, not like a hero leader. Um, Because there's no way to give just a regular guy an interceptor jump pack right so yeah. uh, whatever it's called a te- personal teleporter mm-hmm. um so i decided but i did want the personal teleporter uh so i decided to do a dread knight because nice. the dread knight is a character so mm-hmm. why the hell not
0: um considering what noah he didn't get a paint so we didn't bring what he was planning on doing he was with, like bring a the, gargant or something he was ridiculous. gonna bring that
1: arachnid his uh i forget what he was using uh, He was yeah, using like know. the arachnid model like that giant yeah um, he's using as a
0: squiggle i think think. so yeah yeah um which would have been fun too yeah but it wasn't painted yeah
1: but i mean it wasn't like you talk about all these like different like heroes and then their squads Mm -hmm. and then a dread knight seems kind of like overpowered but i was only at like 285 or something like that like i I still had like 115 points yeah below most other people Mm -hmm. um yeah man it was a fun game we were all in different corners yeah, there and like, I think there was one person that had to be like in between. Yeah, there was like me. Time. Oh, it was you. There's yeah. in like between people. Yeah, so it was five of us playing.
0: And we also adjusted the rules so that instead of everyone taking turns, everyone would do their movement and then their shooting. And yeah, their charge. Yeah. Otherwise,
1: we'd have too many phases in a row and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and it just it it's. I think someone would have had too much of an advantage, or the yeah. person going last, we had such a huge disadvantage. Disbanded, yeah,
1: um, I think the rules worked out fine. I think. The way multiple combats work is kind of confusing when you have like multiple players. Yeah, um, I don't think we've figured that out completely yet. So I don't know if anyone knows how to do a multiplayer game, like uh, how, not how, just. What those, was the
0: problem? Like I got knocked out very early, so
1: like we had three players in combat. Yeah, and um, you would attack one player, mm-hmm. and you'd have like an excess amount of wounds. I see right yeah and one player was playing with um, the last chancers mm-hmm. where they're individual units they're individual like oh characters but then they would come into the same combat so it's that you challenge one character and one guy accepts and you have five extra wounds over top of them but that's the unit that you challenged well if they're independent characters they f-
0: form a unit of independent characters don't mm-hmm.
1: they I'm not sure exactly they, how they
0: would combat. yeah um uh, depending on how he did it he might have that's interesting
1: yeah I don't so know. i know that's something that we kind of have to figure out if we want to do more multiplayer games is how yeah. to, how to help combat works when you have multiple Cause he, teams when you think about
0: player. it you're just going at initiative step yeah and then you just select which unit you're targeting and then you follow regular combat rules yeah and i think I'm trying to think, like, what happens with the excess wounds if there's multiple units? Yeah, I, I'm not sure I think that. they go, I don't remember, I need to look that up.
1: Well, I guess that would be a rules lawyer in question. Yeah, I didn't bring <laughs> the rule book tonight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was fun. I think I came in third, because right. that's what kind of screwed me over, was oh, I got into a, yeah, yeah. a group of multiple independent characters, and my Dread Knight, which was Wrecking House, mm-hmm. just couldn't take them all out, because yeah. you attack one guy and then... Yeah, and then... Okay, yeah, I just that crushed guy. that guy, but then there's a bunch of other guys left over afterwards. Yeah. Um, I think a Riptide one. Of course it did. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of hard. Like, that... The character creation system... And you asked me about this afterwards. What do I think is good or bad about the system? Yeah. It's good because it's fun. It's mm-hmm. fun to make these characters, but it's very close combat oriented. Yeah, and... and there's no way to make a Tau character that's yeah. that close combat oriented, right? Like, there's not that type of army.
0: The problem is a lot of the stuff that ups the shooting that would be good for a close combat character is easier to abuse. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, It makes yeah. sense. The personal traits are really they're really simple. It's like, oh, you're only buffing one character but when you start having a guy with like Shroud and Hidden Run and then you've got a Green Tide Hidden Running with like a 2 plus cover save. Yeah. Just... I mean, I
1: think that the rules are can be abused differently in an APOC game or a regular yeah. game as opposed to a 400 point yeah brawl, yeah right um but yeah it was a lot of fun uh how did you do in the game good sir we were on opposite sides of the table
0: yeah so i i took out noah was like gming so he had some tap some in, the in the center, the center yeah. so i think i took out some of them and then i charged mike's necrons and i wasn't doing too good because they all had like ap2 or something ridiculous so yeah. my Artificer armor wasn't helping out much mm-hmm. Took out some of them, but they're really tough, and blah, blah, blah. Then he swings. I think I was in a challenge, and he swings at my captain. I'm like, I got this. Three up save, eternal <laughs> warrior. Three saves. Fail all three. Yeah, Captain's dead. Oh, the, my... All it my was my like guards. turn two as well. Or yeah, like it was ridiculous. Idea. I'm like,
1: guess I'm painting. <laughs> see ya. I blame you for the Tao win, though. You were right next to the Riptide, and you didn't charge it.
0: Yeah, because I... <sighs> <laughs> Because I'm an idiot and, <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know, if it, it felt like baby bashing going after the Riptide. Yeah, I guess so. But, where I wanted to get in like, close get into the, get, yeah, get, get mean, into it was a bloodbath, that
1: was the point of it. We were all laughing and having fun.
0: Yeah, um, except for me, who was over at the hobby table, watering my paints selfie. with my own tears. <laughs> so...
1: It was good though, I think we played yeah. for like, about two hours or something like Yeah, that. it went on for a while. For a small 4x4 table, it was...
0: Yeah, I was only in it for about 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. No, it was good, though. It was yeah. good fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I like multi, like, different ways to play like that. It's always good.
2: Yeah, it's
1: like the mini-games. That's why I always enjoyed going to Games Day, was, like, all the different mini-games. Yeah. Like, they were very 40K-oriented. They took place in the 40K world. They were 40K models, but it was like, let's twist the game a little yeah. bit. Let's play it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, You play any other games?
0: Yeah, so I went down to Windsor for a friend's uh, birthday. He was turning 30. Actually, that reminds me. I should bring some stuff up and be on the rim. Anyways, so I went to the uh, Great Windsor Table Warriors, got a game in. I scheduled a game with Dom, and Rob, but Rob was sick, so I didn't end up playing him. And we showed up at the thing, and uh, Tyler, who's actually been on the show uh, once or twice, his opponent didn't show up. So Dom and I are like, oh, or the three of us are like, all right, well, let's let's have a just one game. So Tyler had a shit ton of nids. So he Mm -hmm. brought three thousand points of nids. I brought fifteen hundred Blood Angels and Dom brought fifteen hundred Corsairs. Cool. Which, man, Corsairs are what Dark Eldar should be. Like bring elevates them to. They feel more like, as good as Eldar. Like I don't think they're as broken. Well, maybe they are, but like he had a unit of jet bikes with four Dark Lances. Okay, like that's badass. Yeah, I mean. Probably broken, but, like, compared to Eldar with scat lasers, yeah. it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tyler brought some uh, Gene Stealer cult stuff. So he had a big unit of Gene Stealers, which didn't really do anything.
1: Was that, like, the only Gene Stealer cult stuff he brought? Or? No, and
0: he had some high, uh, like some neophytes. Was he guys. using all the
1: special rules and everything?
0: Yeah, like the... Uh, all the tables
1: and everything like that? Yeah. How was that? Was that confusing? No.
0: Uh, yeah, sorry. It was a little confusing, yep. but it was not OP.
1: No, no, I've heard that it's not op. Yeah. I've heard that it's it's not going to be. You're not going to see it a lot. I think the in internet, like the meta, but yeah. but I've heard that it's if you don't have that cheat sheet and you don't know what you're doing, it gets. It well, I was drags reading on it and, and it gets yeah, yeah. confusing. It and. didn't
0: drag on, but there was one point where I was like, "Wait, you can do what? Yeah. That's not how I'm reading this." Yeah. Okay, that's what the FAQ says. I'm. I don't. I like. I didn't want to argue it or yeah, have yeah. to look up everything, but yeah. it, it was worded very awkwardly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think like when that codex first came out, everyone said it was like broken. I think the internet just needs to calm the fuck down about assaulting out of whatever reserve, first turn, something like that. Because
1: it uh, well, uh, let's looking into mm-hmm. the future. If we are going to get an eighth-ed an Age of Sigmar style, just get used to it because that's assault true. first turn assaults are how or, the game
0: happens. The you know part of the course. In yeah, Sigmar. Like I don't think which I
1: don't agree with. Let's just be straight. I don't agree with it. I think that a shooting army needs to have one turn to shoot before you get assaulted in the face. But
0: yeah, but I. But is it any worse than a drop pod coming down your back lines full of grav? That's
1: well, that's shooting. That's first turn shooting.
0: You can. That's that's what I'm saying. How is for, is first turn assault really that much worse than like really bad? Because shooting?
1: I I think so. Because assault, if you don't complete the assault.
0: Then the unit's then locked. Then the unit's locked in combat. It That's completely what, yeah. nullifies
1: the shooting. Now, if you can shoot outside of combat, like in Age of Sigmar, I don't agree with that either. Yeah. But if you could, then it would equal it out, but it doesn't. Yeah. So you assault first turn, my shooting army doesn't do anything for the rest of the game.
0: I think something also is, that might help sort that out, is if there was um, a better morale system. Mm-hmm. Like, be able to, like, fall, voluntarily fall back out of combat. You take I mean, the chance. With ta- yeah, with how it's really risky because the low initiative and the like I think it would need to be heavily reworked. Mm-hmm. But I think if there was more like voluntarily falling back out of combat, that would help negate it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, that that's getting into a whole thing. But so the gene sealer cult stuff, bottom line, was not broken. No. Like he infiltrated some neophytes like pretty close or whatever, like the I don't know. Like I, I don't know what they are. The almost human gene yep. sealer guys. And they just got eaten alive, like, first turn by <laughs> flamers and, like, an assault squad Yeah, and flamers should their shit up. And But, I mean, Tyler is, like, a very good player with a very finely tuned Tyranid army. Yeah. His, so, I mean, he was bringing some Tyranid player. friendly stuff, mm-hmm. like the neophytes and shit. But he still tuned the crap out of me. And you mean
1: he didn't them. bring four Flying Hive Tyrants? I think
0: he only brought three. <laughs> Might have been four. Right on. But, yeah, no, it was a fun game. We eventually lost. We were playing Maelstrom. Mm-hmm. Just, at one point, it just didn't end very well. I think I took out the Swarm Lord with my Death Company dread, though. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. That was, like, right at the end, like, mm-hmm. the final hurrah because we were losing so badly. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, it was fun. Uh, We've got another tangent, if you want. All right, so this is something I want to... Maybe we should do, like, a whole episode on this, <laughs> but, like, guys, if you sign up for a game... Show up, mm-hmm. like if you're if that's how your club operates, or you tell someone you're going to be there, don't be a dick. Show up to your game, or at the very least, message them. Yeah, because yeah,
1: it, life gets in the way. You can't always gaming has to go on the back burner sometimes, but you should at least do the courtesy of letting the person know it, hey, a, I'm not going to be there yeah, today. It's
0: a game. It's not a big deal, except like, you know, well, it's not. It's not. It's not, are, a,
1: it's not a big deal until somebody who dedicates one day to being able to play gaming. Yeah, and it's schedules like, against you and then you don't show up and you've ruined now it's like, okay, they don't get to play in exactly, until two weeks from now or something well, like that,
0: Exactly. Right? It's like okay I've been waiting around for you I could have you know mowed the lawn spent time with my kids like, and yeah. run errands Yeah, like that's the real dick thing and it there's a couple of players in Windsor who probably don't listen to their podcasts and there's no one I'm close with so yeah. like it's not like Tyler or Don or anyone I've ever mentioned on the show but yeah. who are consistently and that's why I didn't I'd like message Dom specifically instead of putting yeah. a post up on Grey Windsor Table Warriors because like I don't want to be sket partnered with someone who doesn't show Especially up. Especially when you travel four hours. Four hours, hours to, yeah. To play a game, yeah. So, yeah, it's a real dick move and I get it. Some people go out and party the night before and they're too hungover or something. Yeah. I mean, Well, really, like I showed up hungover all the time, so just <laughs> suck it up. But like do the person the courtesy of like a text. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Anyways, that's my little
1: side. (laughs) How was your game? So, uh, last weekend, I scheduled a game Mm -hmm. um, against Samurai Mike. It was on uh, a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to test out uh, the Blood Angels. I had about 1,500 points. Really, I had about, like, I don't know, 1,390. So, I kind of had to, like, scrounge up 110 points. Yeah. Um, That's like an assassin, though, right? uh, Not... I was at like thirteen ninety with everything that I really needed to complete the army. Yeah. So that's not an assassin. Like throw in an assassin for now I'm over fifteen hundred. Well, I don't know. We'll take out some blood. Claws. No, that's what. no, but that's why they don't trust me. The way the <laughs> army the points went up, everything that I needed for the army to Yeah to yeah, yeah. be what it is was like thirteen ninety or something okay, like that. Okay, I tried okay. to. I wanted to put in a Colexus assassin. Yeah. But then I was taking away objective secured stuff, which is what the army's based around. Right, right. Um like, I'd rather have the two rhinos in there mm-hmm. than the Cluxus Assassin, because even though the rhino's not drop pods, they're still objective-secured troop choices. Right, And they're so, fast, too. And they're fast, too. So yeah. that's why I wanted to include all, right, all that all right. stuff in. Fair um, enough. So I was kind of like, there were a few added in. I think I changed mm-hmm. them to Razorbacks, not rhinos. I proxied them. And I never used, like, the weapons on top or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like, I just, it never really came up in the yeah. situation to be able to use them. Because um, I just had to push that up to fifteen hundred. Yeah. But Mike was kind of the same way. Uh, Mike brought an all bike army. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of grav. I think he had two units of grav. Mm-hmm. One unit that was heavy with Melta. Nice. Um, every squad had a Thunderhammer. Uh, he had a unit of attack bikes with multi Melta, I think. And yeah. then he had a command squad with on bikes mm-hmm. with the apothecary, all Thunderhammer Storm Shield. Yeah. So when he first told me what he was bringing, I was like, "Shit, man, I want to practice with this new army that I'm still getting the hang of using."
0: But like a bike list is,
1: and a bike list, and he was using White Scar Chapter Tactics too, so he's got hit and run and everything. Well,
0: there you go. That's a competitive build, yeah. For your competitive army, yeah,
1: exactly. But I mean, I'm talking about an army that I'm still learning it's how to use, second right? or third time you're, yeah. It. So I was yeah. a little worried going into it. I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like grav. So he's like roll, just roll a bunch of grav, mm-hmm. get those sixes for the
0: immobilized, yeah, yeah. for the immobilized.
1: Right there's there goes my drop pods. There goes my Marines. Yeah. Right. There go my dreadnoughts. Oh,
0: my death company dreadnoughts stuck in the mud. Great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, and then with all the Melta as well, I was like, man, this is like, and he's fast too. So he's right in my face as well. I was mm. like, this is like, it's gonna be really hard. Yeah. But at the same time, like you said, I want this to be a competitive army. Yeah. Great. I need the challenge, right? I need to learn how to, how to play against an army like yeah, this, for right? Sure. Like worst case scenario almost. Um, so yeah, man, we played uh Tactical Escalation. Oh nice. Right. So like a slow start. Mm-hmm. Um it was a bloodbath, man. Yeah. I really I wanted to test out a few things as I was playing. So I like obviously I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. But I also like at one point I could not take out that uh I couldn't take out a single guy from that uh command squad. Yeah. He was just like he was rolling every single three plus. Yeah. All
0: Stormfields and the yeah. apothecary, yeah. Uh,
1: and with the apothecary there too. So I just could not kill anything. And I think at turn three or turn four mm-hmm. they came close enough to my librarian dreadnought um they finally took out a contemptor they finally like this contemptor just i was rolling five ups like it was nothing i think nice. at one turn he got three melta shots on it mm-hmm. and i rolled the five up for all of them uh, so he was just eating everything nice and uh finally he's like screw it i'm charging it so he charged it with all the thunderhammer, mm-hmm. storm shield just took it right out nice. right um well not took it right out but took it out mm-hmm. i mean armor 13 even on a strength eight yeah yeah still hard to yeah to get. But when you up, got that man. many attacks on the charge you're yeah. probably gonna make it and he did he finally took it out but it set him up for me to charge with two librarian dreadnoughts mm. and uh i rolled on the blood angels um Chart, table. yeah which i think for this army is great quickening is quickening a phenomenal good. power yeah. uh what is it plus d3 attacks and initiative yep that's great for Dreadnoughts, who yeah. already have a good well, amount of attacks. Well, it's on a
0: character, too, so it doesn't need to be on the caster. Yeah. So, if, um, I don't know. Well, Furiosos well, you have two,
1: are... Yeah, and you have two of them side by side, yeah. right, working together.
0: Are the Contemptor's characters, though? I don't think they are, no. Oh, okay. Um,
1: but it's not on a character. It's on a unit, I'm pretty sure.
0: No, it's a character. Really? Okay. Yeah, not a unit. Um,
1: Either way, I use it on the Dreadnoughts, on mm-hmm. the Librarians. On the Librarians, right? librarians yeah. yeah. And I also got the Rage one, as well. That's really So, good, rage yeah. to that, too, right? And I was like, screw it. At this point, like it was, the game was like so close mm-hmm. and it was a bloodbath. We were both losing a lot of units that I decided I'm just going to charge both dreadnoughts into that unit. Yeah. And quickening also gives you fleet as well. That's right. Yeah. So I got both dreadnoughts in there and mm-hmm. they tore house, man. Nice. They just shredded apart that unit. Were um, you? Because uh, you're not getting your feel, no pain anymore. Because of strength 10. Because of strength 10, right? Um so it was and it's also, they have force weapons
0: too, which yeah, I, I didn't, guess you I don't I didn't need. cast force. It, yeah, you're doubling yeah. them out.
1: Yeah. Um, plus his warlord had eternal warrior, so I was like, there's no point in me casting force. Right. Like every other model in this unit only has one wound mm-hmm. other than your warlord, so there's no point yeah. in me casting force. I cast quickening and rage instead. Um, yeah. It took two turns to wipe them all out, but... That's good. I mean, for yeah. a storm shield, I mean, you're not getting your apothecary saves, but mm-hmm. still, with the storm shields, it's still pretty good. Yeah. you gotta um, lay down a lot of hurt. Yeah. So I don't know. We had fun. Uh, ended up winning eight to six. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, pretty good victory. I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the first. I mean, it was the second game I played with the army. We played a game. Yeah. A month and a half ago or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's it's coming together now. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait. I got some. I didn't get more stuff, but I'm getting more stuff. So I can't what, wait. One like more. Do you play. need? I need another Contemptor. Okay. I need two more drop pods. And I need five more Dreadnought drop pods. Oh my god. <laughs> But uh,
0: it's coming together mm-hmm. slowly but surely. Is there any way you can convert those out of like a regular
1: drop pod? Mm. Maybe not. Yeah, I'll kinda... have to look up online. And if anyone listening has any suggestions,
2: yeah, let us, us, us a know. Message.
1: But uh, I mean, a lot of people are like, "Oh, just use regular drop pods." But the thing is, the Dreadnought drop pod gives you stealth. Yeah. On the first, sorry, it gives you shrouded the first turn that it comes yeah. by comes down, which mm-hmm. is pretty handy, like. It's not great, but it's also a large footprint. Yeah, it's it a is. a larger footprint. It's huge. Um, depending on what rules you're using, if you're using the pedals count as the model, that's a massive footprint. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people, like, argue that, but, I mean, if it's going to be a competitive army, then... If it comes...
0: Yeah, you need to If beat, it comes down to it, yeah. then you
1: got to be a dick sometimes and be like, well, I can control so much of this table with drop yeah, pods. Yeah. That was another thing. Uh, the drop pods being the troop choices, I had, like, a lot of table control. Yeah. A lot of table controls
0: yeah because you're getting like yeah it's just a lot of draw pods are. So i think it ends good. up being
1: 11 drop pods in total
0: yeah in the end draw pods are dirty yeah. man <laughs> like people look at them it's like oh yeah but like it's a big model it's armor 12, armor 12 all around yep. and three hull points and yep. yeah it's open top but armor 12 is not something uh yes yeah, army snag at. Ultimately... and a storm bolter yeah
1: and a storm bolter. <laughs> don't forget the storm bolter. <laughs> yeah. uh, which I didn't. I always fire the stormball Yeah, they're, they they add up. Um, I also learned this army is like really durable, man. A lot of armor thirteen. Yeah. Which when you deal with like uh, thunder Hammers or power fists in close combat, there's a huge difference between armor twelve and armor thirteen. Armor mm-hmm. twelve, you're hitting half the t- like you're damaging it half, half the, time. the time. Armor thirteen, now you're talking. You need fives to damage yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Sixes to pen. And yeah. their we- A lot of these models are weapon skill five. Yeah. Right. So they're hitting you better at initiative, at initiative four. Yeah. Right. Whereas you, you got a power fist. Cool. You're going last. Mm-hmm. You're going after me. Right. Yeah. So it's my power fist before it's yours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, the dreadnoughts are uh, forced to be reckoned with now mm-hmm. since they got the plus two to attack. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, man, I'm having fun with this army. Can't wait nice. to play more with it
0: good because yeah i mean that's why you bought it cuz you thought it would be or why you started it cuz you thought it would be a fun army to play yeah. as yeah
1: and it's not like it's a competitive army but it's not i don't it's know it's different i'm not i'm not kind of just bored with the game playing it yeah. right yeah. which hey, everyone has their own play style
0: and i feel like it's not an army that it's not like some broken super friends thing like it's it's interesting to play against i feel i feel like it would be
1: yeah i mean everyone that i that's seen the army is like, oh, this is really good. We had a lot of people watching our game. Yeah. Because it was an interesting match. It was like a, a very heavy dreadnought list mm-hmm. versus an all bike list. Yeah. So we had a few people that were just standing around like, I want to see how this yeah, game yeah, like yeah. turns out, right? Nice. Um, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun, man. Cool. I'm getting right back into forty K. Not Excellent. that I not that I ever fell out of it, but like I was getting a little I don't want to say depressed by forty K but I wasn't having as much fun playing it, but I think that's because yeah. I was playing a really shitty army. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, oh, so
0: speaking of which, yeah. with your Blood Angels and your Grey Knights, you probably have an APOC force now for Imperium.
1: Or are uh, yeah, getting there. Getting there. Getting, yeah. getting higher up in my Marines. Yep, Yeah, for sure. I was thinking that on the way over. Mm-hmm. I mean, the next APOC game that we play, I probably will play Marines. Yeah. Not Tau. Just because my Tau isn't very APOC friendly. Yeah, I can even... APOC friendly to me. Yeah. (laughs)
0: And if you're short a couple points, I can lend you some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that'll work out.
1: Cool, man. Uh, I guess we'll take a short break. All right, we'll be right back. All right, man. Let's do uh, a little rules lowering. Sounds good. Okay, so this question is coming from me.
0: I think I. You listen to our show, (laughs)
1: Jim? I'm a fan of our show. Um, So we played a game a few weeks ago and there was a situation with a lot of independent characters Mm -hmm. joining a combat and we all kind of started scratching our head about like okay well how does the rule work with because we know when an independent character comes within two inches of a unit they become one unit yeah when they enter coherence when they enter coherency so how does that work in a combat if multiple independent characters are joining the same combat Mm-hmm. Um, so the question I had was if, if a unit is locked in combat and then an independent character, a single independent character, let's say for this situation, also charges and joins the combat, do they become one unit? Let's just keep it simple for sure. this. Instead of like multiple, multiple, multiple independent characters, just one independent character and then let's say a attack squad. Sure. So a chaplain and a tactical squad. Sure. Let's go with that. Okay. So if there's a tactical squad in combat and a chaplain also charges in and joins the combat, mm-hmm. do they become one unit? Well, Jason, let me <laughs> tell you. So my handy rule book here and on
0: page on page one sixty six of the rules, independent characters under the Universal Special Rules section, joining and leaving a unit in order to join a unit, an independent character simply has to move so that he's within two inches two inch unit coherency distance. Of a friendly unit at the end of their movement phase okay uh, so, so
1: i guess we can stop right there and break it down that so since we would be in the charge phase or the assault phase mm-hmm. it's not the end of the movement phase so even though they're in coherency they wouldn't be one unit
0: yeah it has to be during the movement phase mm-hmm. and so a couple of paragraphs down an independent character cannot leave a unit while either here here, the unit is in reserves, locked in combat, falling back, or has gone to ground.
1: No, I think it's the same thing. They can't join the unit if the unit is locked in combat. So, while it's not the end of their movement phase, let's say that combat wasn't resolved at the end of the assault phase, mm-hmm. and it comes back to their turn and it's the movement phase, he still can't join the unit because it's locked in cause, combat because the unit's locked in combat. So, I would assume that the units are still separate units until the end of the assault when you roll consolidation, if the two models don't come, if they don't separate outside of two-inch coherency. Yeah.
0: So um, if an independent character does not intend or or cannot join a unit, it must, where possible, remain more than two inches away from it at the end of the movement phase. So um, that's where it gets a little tricky because the the independent character isn't supposed to join the unit, but within the combat rules that might not be possible with pile-in moves, Mm etc. So you have to keep in mind that the independent character can only join a unit in the movement phase. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, this is a topic we've covered before, but with super friends lists, it's kind of important, plus, like, the nitty-gritty of combat. Mm -hmm. I don't think we talked about this part. So... Uh, yeah. So you, the independent character only joins you in the movement phase. So even, in
1: in any movement phase or in their movement phase, their movement in phase. in their movement. The player's so, movement phase. So let's say I was playing the Space Marines, mm-hmm. and the combat resolved at the end of my turn. Yeah. And I consolidated, and I let's say I rolled double one or I rolled one for each unit, mm-hmm. and they couldn't leave. Unit yeah. Coherency, but when they they were separate units. When the assault happened, mm-hmm. the assault finished, rolled double ones. They couldn't leave coherency. Yeah. Now it's your turn, but it hasn't been the end of my movement phase yet. Mm-hmm. So in your turn, they're still separate units. Yeah, that's how I would read it. I think that's how I was reading it too. Yeah, so
0: it says specifically its movement phase, so the independent character's movement phase. Right on. So, you know, during that intervening turn, I could single out the independent character and shoot him. Yeah. And similarly, if I wipe out the unit, those extra extra wounds
1: aren't going to carry over mm-hmm. to the chaplain. Even if I wanted the chaplain to join the unit, I still can't join them no. until it's the end of my no. movement phase. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Similarly, you can't join in the shooting phase by running a model into coherency. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, like you're supposed to keep them apart. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the actual combat phase. How does that work out? So on page. 55 under the assault phase in the multiple combat section, fight sub phase, directing attacks. Uh, A model that is in base contact with or engaged with more than one enemy unit when it strikes blows can split its attacks freely between those units. Declare how each model is splitting its attacks immediately before rolling to hit. Wounds from attacks that have been directed against the unit in multiple combat cannot be transferred to another unit, even if the original target unit is completely destroyed. In this case, any excess wounds are simply discounted and have no further effect. So, in your example, with multiple characters, independent characters charging in.
1: So, going back to my first example, not the one with the tactical squad yeah. and the chaplain, but with multiple independent characters joining the same combat. Well, even with the tactical squad and the chaplain, let's say.
2: Yeah.
0: If you wipe out the tactical squad with and there's extra wounds, they don't carry over to the chaplain. No. Unless if you declare half your attacks on the tactical squad and half of them on the chaplain. Yeah. That's the only way to allocate wounds to both units. They don't just carry over. Mm-hmm. So similarly, if there's a bunch of independent characters, those are all separate units yeah. until the start of a movement phase where they're not locked in combat because independent characters can form units of independent characters. So mm-hmm. they could all join up afterwards, but that's after the fact, after the, after the combat, resolved. Yeah,
1: exactly, yeah.
0: And in this case, I believe it was uh, like a single character uh, declaring a challenge against like a big monster. And then the, you know, the monster wiping out the guardsman and then nothing unable to carry over the attacks.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that that's kind of just how it is, though. Right. Mm, You have to decide. Yeah. It's frustrating when you have um, someone that you want to use in a challenge. And you have multiple independent characters that have all charged separately. Mm-hmm. And for you to issue the challenge, no, like, one unit, which is one independent character, is going to accept the challenge. Yeah. So you're better off at that point, I guess, not taking the challenge and just separating your, your attacks between the different independent characters.
0: Yeah, but you can't declare the challenge if you have no unit to hide behind. Like, if it's a single model unit that's a character you can't
1: refuse the challenge you don't have to refuse the challenge but any excess attacks won't go over to the other
0: yeah they won't carry over because it's yeah. separate units yeah yeah i think the it wouldn't work in the game that you're talking about where it's still like you know little small armies but if it was a bigger game you could charge in another unit to accept that challenge yeah yeah or perform a glorious intervention or heroic intervention yeah so that would, that would be the way around it. But it, it's it's a very unique situation we're looking at. So yeah. it's kind of.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, like, all the, like a lot of the questions that we do here, it seems a lot more complicated when you propose the question, but then upon reading it. And we were talking about this before, that when you go through the rule book, you kind of like glance through a lot of rules mm. and you don't really memorize them. Yeah, for because sure. Because so many rules are situational. And I think something like this is the same situation.
0: Well, it's it's interesting because when we're when we were looking up this question, we'd go to multiple places. So yeah. there's the fight subphase. There's a subsection on multiple combats. There's character rules, mm-hmm. uh, independent character special rules, and then there's a 16-page FAQ you need to look through. Yeah, that again, it could be in the fight subphase. It could be in the independent character section. Like there, there's multiple sections. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's um, it's complex to get rules. Like, we were having a discussion at GW the other day about something about independent characters as well, actually, and we had to... It took, like, 15 minutes
1: to try and find all the rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have to
0: go to so many different places. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, we'll see if rules change, and then I guess yeah. we'll be doing... If 8th if edition does come along and it's, like, completely different, maybe we'll have a whole other rules lawyering section. It'll just be, like... Picking apart these new rules. Yeah,
0: just <laughs> on all four pages for twelve months. Just every episode is two hours of rules lawyering.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right on, man. Well, I yeah. think that's it for uh, rules lawyering. All right, sounds good.
0: So Jason, I'm I'm a little parched. How you? are l- a little thirsty. Uh, how it's like I you've
1: g- been going through a drought or something, man. I, I
0: think I have been a hobby drought.
1: Oh shit uh i myself just went through a hobby drought yeah a pretty pretty big one man mm-hmm. there was like i'd say a good month almost two months of like wasn't painting a whole lot yeah got a little bit of building in um i was kind of building just to like try to get things going yeah but like painting every time i would like get set up i was like ugh, maybe put like a few brush strokes in and just be yeah. like, i'm not feeling this man and i don't know it actually got me a little worried because I was like, "Am I losing interest in the hobby?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew that I wasn't. Yeah, like I would say that to myself, and I'd be like, "No, I, I love 40k, man. Like, I love modeling. I love hobbying. I just had to figure out like why, why I wasn't having as much fun doing yeah. it anymore." Um, so that's the main topic that we're gonna talk about tonight is, um, overcoming hobby drought. It's something that I think we all go through. Yeah, at some point in our hobby, <laughs> I,
0: I feel like I it might be. I might be getting it because, like, I mentioned earlier, like, a lot of worry over 8th edition if 40K is going to get Sigmarized mm-hmm. and that sort
1: of stuff. So yeah. it's it's quite timely, I feel like. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, why don't we start off by talking about, like, why do you feel Hobby Drought or, or maybe, maybe why just, do you go through it? Do you want to define what it is in case it isn't clear to someone? Sure. Uh, what I mean by Hobby Drought, is when you just have no motivation at all to build or paint. I guess you could talk about playing the game as well. But that's yeah. not what I want to talk about in the main topic today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more so for myself. I was trying to overcome building and painting. Yeah. Actually hobbying. like Getting paint to brush. Yes. Yeah. Um, How would you define it?
0: Yeah, the same way. Just no motivation. Just losing interest in Mm -hmm. the game and especially the hobby. Yeah. Just because it can be so insurmountable when you have a ton of stuff. Like one of the terms that I throw around a lot that originate from the store is like hobby debt Mm -hmm. and you've bought so much and you just have so much to build and paint. Yeah. And it's like oh my god how am I going to get 4,000 points of Blood Angels
1: painted? Why did I do this to Mm -hmm. myself? I hate myself. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Now I think there are things to like maybe you don't enjoy um painting yeah and this is what i want to talk about as well is um when it comes to like why do you feel it or go through it is you really have to target your like we talked about this uh two episodes ago which is your hobby value Mm -hmm. maybe your hobby value isn't the actual like painting and building yeah maybe you're just more into playing the game and Mm -hmm. that's why you go through hobby drought is because you don't enjoy uh, building and painting Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. you have to think about that and we'll talk about that later yeah. Um, when we come to it, but um, I mean, other reasons like you said, you've accumulated a lot. Yeah, right. Uh, sometimes that just overbuying is just overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, it gets overwhelming to you. Um. Also, sometimes you just need a break. Yeah, that's Like true. sometimes we get like worried or whatnot. But like when you're painting, some people paint every single day. Yeah, right. Sometimes you just need to change things up, man. You need to. Go for a walk. <laughs> you know, you need to play some video to yeah, Get outside. Yeah, I mean, just because you take a break from from a hobby doesn't mean that it's not still your hobby. Yeah, right yeah, for sure. Well, establish that first. Is that you know these are, it's a natural thing that people go through is mm-hmm. hobby drought, and yeah. to think that like oh well I must be done with the game if I don't enjoy it anymore. Yeah, it's just, you need to go back and you need to find why you, why you got into why in the you first got into it and everything. Or rekindle that love. Yeah, exactly. So I guess let's get into like ways to overcome. Uh, your hobby drought. For me, so it's always, um, I get kind of bored mm-hmm. with what I'm painting. Yeah. If I spend too much time on one thing, I just get kind of, uh, I'm really tired of painting silver. Yeah. Right? Um have been working on a model for too long. Mm-hmm. You get kind of, you know, is there ever going to be an end to this? Is there any end to the silver? Right? <laughs> um, so sometimes you just need a fresh start. You need to do something different.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think some armies lend itself better to it than others. Yeah. So one example, I remember someone said was that the Dark Angels force in the starter box, in the Dark Vengeance box, is really good because mm-hmm. Dark Angels have a wide variety of colors. Mm-hmm. Main guys, you got dark green. Deathwing models like their Terminators, Dreadnoughts, mm-hmm. bone white. Yeah. Ravenwing, jet black. hmm and you might find something similar with your Blood Angels, for example, because you've got all the the red, yeah. but then Death Company models, Death Company black, well, yeah. and Librarian models.
1: Some blue in there yeah, as well. Exactly, and stuff like yeah, exactly, to break it up. So um, that
0: that should be something you can think about when you're building an army, is like, is some of this going to be different? Am I going to break it up with, like, is there a lot of Artificer armor in this mm-hmm. army that's going to be some gold to break up the red or yeah. whatever?
1: Am I painting a Horde army? it's all the exact same yeah over and over and over again right um now i also mean like something different as in if you are painting like a horde army mm-hmm. or you are painting a mass amount of troops switch it up paint an independent character
0: yeah paint a tank
1: that's always something that changes it up for me is like yeah paint a tank paint a vehicle mm-hmm. right paint a monstrous creature paint something change what type of painting you've been doing yeah
0: Or do some basing, because that's usually very different techniques, very different colors. Definitely
1: uh, basing or terrain. Yeah. Change it up completely. Terrain's
0: a huge motivator for me, because suddenly it's not just a ton of edge highlighting that I'm doing or um, layering, but now I'm dry brushing, and I'm getting so much done so quickly, and it's so, it's so, I was going to say empowering. That's not the right word, but like motivating. Well,
2: yeah,
1: I mean, empowering to your sense of, Accomplishment, uh, yeah, I feel a well, lot that, better. Well, that that can kind of lead to drought is your sense of like I'm not accomplishing anything. Yeah, I sat down here for, for three like, hours and it's, yeah, Jesus, look,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, I just spent five hours base coating. I can hardly tell the difference.
1: Yeah. Like, now, a problem that I have, and this leads to a lot of my um, me not wanting to paint, mm-hmm. is like clutter. Yeah, like if you have a set area that you paint in, mm-hmm. try not to keep it cluttered. Because I find that when I can't find the paints that I need or, like, I just have, like, tons of models all around that are all gray and stuff like that. I just, like, before I even sat down, I look at it and I just feel overwhelmed with, like, yeah. oh my God, man, how much do I have to paint? You've right? already been defeated. Yeah, before I yeah. even started. Um, So that's a huge thing is keep your workstation clean. Keep your workstation organized. Yeah. Not everyone's an organized person. Yeah. Uh, but they have stuff that you can buy for that that can keep your paints Robots? organized. <laughs> Robots. <laughs> A painting servitor. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh painting trays, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Keep yeah. your stuff organized, keep your paintbrushes organized. Yeah, yeah. Keep yeah. your paintbrushes clean. in clean and in good because yeah. Pitch. There's nothing worse than like starting to paint your paintbrush is just like Garbage. causing you stress, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just keeping like you open up that pot of paint and it's dried out because mm-hmm. you didn't clean the pot before you closed it up or something right. like that, right? And it's just like that, you sat down, you opened up that Memphis red and it's dried out it's like Mm -hmm. well great i just came i finally dedicated some time to painting yeah and because i didn't take care of my own stuff i didn't take the time you know the amount of time that you spend setting up painting and that you spend painting you also need to spend time cleaning Cleaning your stuff properly right it's all maintenance um not everyone's into that yeah i hate cleaning my stuff yeah me too like i've lost an airbrush because i was too lazy to clean it properly and mm. I mean, it wasn't an expensive airbrush, but like. Oh, that's what happened to your first airbrush? To my first airbrush. And oh, it I just see. broke because I guess I left some paint in there. Yeah. Not like a full thing of paint, but like I didn't clean it out properly at the end. Right, right. And I guess something got dried up. So when I went to go open it, it kind of cracked. I was like, uh, oh, there you go. That's I mean, a cheap now. one too. Yeah, but exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I also find that like at my workstation, I work best. Mm-hmm. And I am motivated to paint when I've cleared, not just like not being organized, but when I've cleared out all the other models. yeah, Finished models I'll have on display around because that kind of motivates me like, oh, look, I can do a good job at this. I can do a good job at that, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of gives me inspiration to keep a high quality of painting up. Yeah. But I try not to keep any gray models on the table other than what I'm working on. That's a good idea. Because that's when you, what we just said, that's when you start getting overwhelmed is when mm-hmm. you see all these gray models and you start thinking, like you're working on one thing and out of the corner of your eye, you see drop pods. You see a dreadnought. You're like, oh, I got to work on that too. And you start thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about how you're going to paint that. Just focus on what you're painting right now.
0: It stops becoming fun. Yeah. And that's kind of why you should, why most people are doing this, I assume. Yeah. And it's like, oh, when, when it's causing you stress, that's not.
1: No, it's exactly. supposed to be de-stressing, right? And that's what I'm trying to say here is that you need to push all that stress away. Mm-hmm. You just need to focus, focus yeah. on what you're doing. And, I mean, if, yeah, like you said, if you enjoy painting, if that's why you got into it, you enjoy building, once you're into it, you're going to go with it. Yeah. Right. And if you're focused on what you're doing, you're going to have good quality work and good quality work is going to encourage you to keep going. Right. It's going to continue that hobbying.
0: Yeah. Um, It just becomes a, an avalanche. It just keeps building building. Yeah, exactly. Until you've got a whole army painted.
1: Well, like you said, you painted what, 850 points in a few weeks.
0: No. Okay. So uh, the most I've ever got painted, it painted over like a period of time. Uh, after the after a breakup, I got like a whole eighteen fifty point blood angel army painted. Wow. Maybe not the best recommendation. I, the wrong side of the maelstrom podcast does not recommend you break up with your partner to <laughs> uh, get stuff painted yes. unless it's a really important tournament.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then we fully support it. <laughs> then you should dump that. <laughs> Guy and girl don't and please just don't listen to us. Dump that guy and girl and get painting. <laughs> don't, and water your paints with your tears. Don't listen to
1: any don't, <laughs> listen, don't listen to any of our advice. Um
0: But like that that's something to think about though. Like if you're in a rough place, yeah. painting is a good escape.
1: Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah. Um that's why I got into hobbying was to kind of just escape everything and get back into something that I enjoyed. Yeah. Um another thing too you can get kind of bored sometimes if you're not doing anything while you're painting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll start off being like, yeah, I really, really like it. And then I'm kind of like, my mind starts wandering. Okay, what yeah. else am I going to do? What else am I going to do? If I preoccupy myself with something else mm-hmm. in addition to my painting, then I just get lost in the painting completely. Yeah. Um. So whether it's a TV show you put on or a movie yep. that you put on in the background, something that you're not going to pay attention to completely that you, maybe something you've seen before. Yeah. Or I have a tendency just to put like Star Wars on.
0: Yeah. I would say... Uh, podcasts are really good. A that lot was of the other thing I was going to gonna mention.
1: Yeah, is yeah. I listen I, to a lot of podcasts. Forty k podcasts in general when I yeah, paint.
0: Yeah, um, I find Star Trek to be really good because it's sci-fi, so. sci fi. So that's
1: why I do Star Wars as well. Yeah, yeah.
0: but Star Trek, especially like um, because it's a little older, like first generation like even um, no next generation. I would paint a lot listening to that because they don't have those newer special effects. Whenever something happens, they have to describe it. Oh, it's a lot and of therefore, talking, right? I don't need to watch it. Yeah. I just listen to what's going on. <laughs> right um, on. Um, yeah, so any... I, I've tried painting watching... Um, it was like in some X-Men cartoon. Yeah. And I couldn't do it because all the all I was hearing was like the <laughs> sounds of punching. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. So American Horror Story was like a lot painted watching the like, oh, first yeah, right two on. seasons of mm-hmm. that. Uh,
1: For me personally, it has to be something that I've seen already. Yeah.
0: And not me, but these are own, right? Well, it has to be something I'm not super keen on. So like, I won't watch Daredevil, like a Marvel yeah, show, because yeah, yeah. that I want to, I want to pay more attention to. Yeah. I won't watch like Rebels, for example, and paint. Mm-hmm. So stuff I'll watch, that I I'll watch
1: Clone Wars that I've seen before. Yeah, exactly. That's, I watch that a lot too. When I yeah. So
0: something you've already seen is is a good option. Mm-hmm.
1: But um, something that helps me is make a loose plan. Don't mm-hmm. make a solid plan on what you need to paint. Mm-hmm. Make a loose plan. Be like, I want to paint um, a librarian next. Yeah. Then I want to paint uh, like a unit attack Marines mm-hmm. and a drop pod or a rhino or like a transport for them or yeah. something like that. Right. And make a, like a sticky note or make a note and tape it up in your workstation. Mm-hmm. Just so you kind of have an idea of like, okay, I know what I want to work towards, but there's no solid like, okay, I have to have this done in a month from now. Mm-hmm. But you have like, you get yourself rolling. And I, you have a goal in mind in the end. It's yeah. not just like, well, I painted this librarian. Well, that's it for now. I wonder what I'm going to paint next. I, I think it,
0: it depends on the person. Some people, if they have like strict deadlines and strict plans and it's all mapped out, that really helps them. Yeah. Other people, they want to bounce around to different projects and they get a little bit done here, a little bit done there. And well, there's slowly no... At all. But
1: you can make a plan to do that.
0: You can. I, I'm just... Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, yeah. Having a plan in general. I'm not saying you have general. to plan
1: out one army. But kind of getting an idea of like what I want to, um, what I want to paint. Yeah. Right. Making a list of the things that you have to paint instead. And then you can store it away. Mm -hmm. But you know, you have that list of like that thing in the back of your mind being like, oh my God, I have so much to paint. It starts to go away when you start making a list of, I have to paint this. Mm -hmm. And then after that, maybe I'll paint this or maybe I'll paint that. Right. Um, Yeah. It's almost just organizing the stuff that you have to paint or build. Yeah. Right. But I
0: think the the thing is, is if that you should try different ways of planning it out. Yeah. Because maybe you don't want to plan it out, but you don't know if that's your painting style until yeah. you try, try something else. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're like, oh yeah, I just jump around from project to project and then you try planning out and making lists and you find out, oh, I'm actually getting way more done at this point. Or maybe you spend all your time planning you don't actually get anything painted Mm -hmm. and then you're like okay this was a bad idea but at least you know right yeah
1: um talking about different ways of like planning and organizing i want to talk Mm -hmm. about different ways of actually like painting yeah or building and like we know there's different techniques of painting and building i normally do more uh, layering and wet blending and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but with my blood angels i'm starting to do more dry brushing yeah and it's not something that i've been a fan of in the past Mm -hmm. but it gets shit done yeah and that's kind of what I want to do with this army. Yeah. And I don't care about like... And dry brushing can look great. It can look great. I agree. Right? Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that. Right? And I'm okay with doing dry brushing that looks good. That Like I don't have to... Mm-hmm. In the back of my mind being like, well, I didn't really spend that much time painting all this stuff. Yeah.
0: Right? Well, it's like when you said my storm vermin was the best thing I've ever painted. And I... F- like my heart broke. Because I'm like, I did these so quickly. Yeah. Because... Yeah. If you are overwhelmed with how much you have to paint, look up speed painting techniques. You know, if you're not trying for that golden demon quality painting winning, paint competition winning quality, you know, look up quicker ways to paint.
1: But vice versa, if you do a lot of speed painting, you do a lot of dry brushing and you're kind of getting tired of that. Why don't you try paint a character taking a bit of time? Yeah. Not even just a character. Take time on a squad. Yeah. Take take the time to like do a bit more layering try wet blending there's nothing no harm in trying Mm -hmm. right um another thing i want to talk about and we mentioned being overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. hobby debt yeah by the amount of models that you have yeah just like sitting around i'm gonna talk about something nobody wants to talk about and that's the great sprue purge (laughs) i once a year go through all of my hobbying stuff and put your sprues on trains to camps that's it Send them away. <laughs> um, you said purge. I just. <laughs> no, I do try to at least once a year go through all my sprues because mm-hmm. like I think we all have a really bad habit of not all of us. Some people are really good at throwing away a box or yeah. sprues that you don't use bits and stuff like that. Um, I have a really bad habit of after I finish something, I put the sprue back in the box, put the box in the closet with everything else. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I got bits from this. So I'll, maybe I'll, it, I'll yeah. use them someday. Yeah. I'm never going to fucking use them. <gasps> maybe I will. Okay. But that adds up, and you got sprues to add up. But not only sprues, models.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If you haven't played an army in years, you can consider your options, right? If you have it sitting around and it's still gray, are you really yeah. going to get around to painting that? Sometimes you just have to come to the acceptance of this army isn't going to get painted. Yeah, I don't have the motivation to ever put like brush to model mm-hmm. on this army. Um, now, hey, if you're cool with just playing this army gray then that's fine whatever this is just a fun army that i wanted to play on the table yeah people don't care if it's gray whatever but if it's an army that you at one point thought that you wanted to play painted and finished and everything like that Mm -hmm. and you're not going to look at moving it there's still there's a huge market in used models yeah for sure right and selling models gets money for models which can then reinvigorate your passion for it can solve that hobby drought yeah right get something new going a new project on the go
0: well like when We were talking about building drop pods earlier. Yeah. I traded Lehman Rust tanks and chimeras for mm. drop pods, yeah. Like all my Imperial Guard stuff, that like all those tanks I traded for assault marines and drop yeah, pods.
1: I never use riptides, um, in my Tau army, yeah. And you can make fun of me all you want for that, it's just not my style of Tau. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a riptide and I knew that I wasn't going to paint it, I had it like I started doing some of the base coloring yeah, on it was it was like ochre yeah, yeah and i guess i started doing some of the black on it but i kind of stopped because i was like i don't use a riptide that often mm-hmm. i kind of just use it when i need to fill in points yeah and i don't have like multiple ones for a formation or anything like that mm-hmm. i was like i might as well trade this so i found somebody who wanted a riptide and i got two drop pods and yeah, then some go. cash for it right yeah. uh, built drop pods i don't have to build them or anything like that right
2: mm-hmm.
1: it just consider your options yeah, for right? sure. As opposed to just sitting there and accumulating all these models that are never going to be painted, and then that, that weight sitting on your shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, this is something that I've started doing, and this is actually what got me out of my hobby drought currently. Okay. I prep my workstation the night before or the morning before I'm going to paint. Mm. I don't sit down with nothing on the table and then set everything up, set the airbrush up, set get my models yeah. out that I'm going to paint. I set everything up and then I go do what I have to do for the day, go get my errands done, or I go to bed that night or whatever. If I know that I'm gonna wake up in the morning and the first thing I'm gonna do is get to painting, or not the first thing, but after a few hours of being up, I'm gonna get Mm -hmm. like that's what I plan on doing that day. Yeah. Or that morning is paint. I don't set everything up because that can take time. That can take, you set everything up, and next thing you know, twenty minutes, half an hour has gone by. Yeah. If I have 20 minutes or half an hour the night before or the morning of or something like that, if I'm gonna paint later that day, Mm -hmm. I set everything up. I get my cup of water ready, I get my my cleaning supplies ready, everything. Yeah. I get the models on the table ready.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: If I'm going to be priming, I get everything that I'm going to prime out and ready, organized, my cans of primer there, my mm-hmm. priming station set up. So when I walk in to, yeah. to do my hobbying, it's just ready to go. I sit down. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to hobby. Yeah, that's and I a... do it and I'm in it. I'm right away. I'm in it. Yeah. And yeah. that's going to touch the next point that I want to talk about, which is just start. Mm-hmm. Just... You sometimes you're like, ah, oh, I really don't feel like painting. Trust me. If you like painting or building and you've enjoyed it before, mm-hmm. as soon as you start getting that brush going, yeah, you're going to get into it. Next thing you know, you're going to blink. It's been an hour. It's been two hours. It's been all day. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, damn, that was fun. I just, I had to get into it yeah. to get going again. You can be your own worst enemy when it comes to, yeah.
0: when it, when it comes to hobby drought. Right. Yeah. When it's just so insurmountable. Mm-hmm. Getting back to, I just want to go jump back to the bits really quickly. Yeah. Because I my problem I find is if I have a unit half built or I'm not sure if I'm gonna what I'm gonna use from the sprue, that's when I don't clip it. Mm-hmm. So because especially on some of the newer kits, like the arms need to go together for yeah. the right arms, and I don't want to lose the numbering for them. Yep. But yeah, once in a while, I say, even if you just have like a rough box and you don't need to organize it, just clip them all off and throw away the sprue.
1: Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's what I do is when I do that, like sprue purge, mm-hmm. I'll open up all these boxes and I'll look through yeah. them and I'll see like, oh, okay, there's uh, some special weapons. Yeah. Cut out the special weapons. Put yeah. those in a plastic bag. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got this weapon or I got this head. Oh, this head's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I, for some reason I have an extra set of legs or an extra torso or something yeah. like that cut those out right yeah, 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 and then the stuff that i'm never like all those individual items and stuff like that what are you hanging on to 20 uh comms for or something like yeah. that right or gr- guys holding grenade grenade arms yeah. you know a whole unit of guys throwing grenades maybe. probably not maybe maybe <laughs> the answer is always maybe and that's how we <laughs> collect all this like all hobby bits. debt right all the bits um another thing dedicate the time right like set up set aside some time to paint yeah they'll just be like Oh, I got one hour at night. Okay, maybe I'll paint. Mm -hmm. That's when I find it hard for me to kind of like actually sit down and finally. But if I know that like, all right, tomorrow, Saturday, I don't have anything planned, right? Or maybe Mm -hmm. I'll get some errands done in the morning. Once I'm done those errands, no weight on my shoulder, nothing that I'm thinking about that's in the back of my mind, right? Then you can dedicate the time. You know you're sitting down. You have nothing else scheduled, nothing rushing you. That's when you do your best work. That's when you enjoy it the most, right? Like you were saying, if you have stress on your mind, if you have something in the back of your mind, you're not going to enjoy it as much. And time Mm. constraints is also part of that.
0: I think setting up ahead of time too, that's something I haven't thought of before. Because during the week, like right, I mean, I'm about to move, but like it's a long commute for me. And I complain about this on the show all the time. But like, (laughs) you know, I get home and I don't want to paint. Yeah. But I feel like if my workstation was already cleaned up and prepared that might motivate me like get home like oh and just sit down and paint for now yeah you can just start yeah but you exactly. have the paints
1: out that you're going to use that day yeah yeah and yeah. Stuff. yeah it's helped me completely um that's the biggest thing well actually the biggest thing is have fun yeah And that sounds so cheesy but it's true
0: i think something else too is organize painting days with your friends yeah like instead of saying like oh, i'm gonna oh we should get a game in it's like no man come over and chill and we'll paint together yeah that uh, can be a lot of fun and it can
1: be a lot of fun We, I actually uh, one of our buddies I was talking to him I was showing him some of the Blood Angel stuff that I was working mm-hmm. on and he goes you know what man I don't miss playing the game because mm-hmm. he used to play the game with us and he used to yeah. paint and everything he's like I don't miss the game at all it's not it's not my thing anymore mm-hmm. he's like what I miss was just hanging out and painting and building Yeah, I was like yo man Ian and I do that all the time. Yeah. You know, I was like, we still do that. We just hang out. We put something on the TV or mm-hmm. listen to something, listen to some music or something like that. Yeah. We just paint. We just hang out chill yeah, and yeah. paint. And he's like, yeah, I definitely got to pick up a model and just join you and do that.
2: Yeah. Right.
0: We should just come over and do like, I mean, fuck, I've got so much shit that needs to get painted. that, Or like, I'm never going to use. Mm-hmm. Here, you want something to paint? Here, this model's never going to see the light of day. Exactly. Just right. Yeah. However you want. Mm-hmm. I know a, oh, a friend of mine, um, she would look, come over and paint, and she didn't play the game or know anything about it, but she just enjoyed doing it. Yeah.
1: And, yeah. A lot played. of people just, it's it's hobbying. It's arts and crafts, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. A no, lot of people sure. love drawing and painting and stuff. You yeah, just got to yeah. give them the materials to do it. They're not going to go out and buy it themselves, right? Yeah.
0: You know, one day that I think about where I got a ton done is we were both at, me and you were at GW, and the hobby table was really packed. So we would split a seat. So you would sit down, paint for like half hour, and then get up and like, all right, I, don't, I need a break. Ian, I'm tagging, tagging you. Tagging Sit in. in yeah. Sit down, paint. And like that frequent break yeah. really helped. Because mm-hmm. when I was sitting there, I was just painting.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I got like a lot done that day. Right on. So that's something to think about. It's like, you know, if you need to take frequent breaks, do that. And if you have someone there who's...
1: Yeah, know, something that I like to, that we've done sometimes is... I've talked about on the show before. I'm like a huge Overwatch fan. Mm-hmm. Is we'll be playing and just have the system going. Yeah. And Overwatch is a single player game mm-hmm. and just toss the controller back and forth. You each yeah. play like like two rounds or something like that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you got yourself like like 10 minutes, 10 15 minutes to paint. Okay, controller's my way now. I take a quick yeah. break, I play some games, toss the controller back, back to what I'm working yeah.
0: on. Right? That would actually probably work better with like 3 guys. Yeah, you exactly. You got yeah. even more
1: time. Um Cool. Do you have anything else that you want to mention or any ideas about like overcoming hobby drought? Uh, not putting me on the spot, but no, no. I,
0: I think just be organized and kind of just force yourself to do it. That's yeah, the big thing. When just you, stepping right into it. Yeah. Like I, I used to organize a bunch of like community events and stuff and sometimes the amount of work was just so huge and so daunting and I'm like, I, this is never going to happen. We're going to fail. This event's going to collapse. Yeah. And the only way I did it was I just forced myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And then that was the stress relief, just spending a day sending emails or doing whatever work I had to do. And yeah. it's the same thing with hobby. Like if you keep buying an army and building it, but not painting it, it's just going to grow and
1: grow. Just, you
0: got to force yourself to sit down and do it.
1: Yeah. Right on. So we've talked about how to overcome it. Now you don't have to overcome it if you prevent it. Okay. Now this varies from person to person, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but just some ideas mentioned at the beginning of the segment that maybe hobbying isn't your thing maybe building and painting isn't your thing or building right. is your thing but painting isn't or vice versa mm-hmm. outsource we talked outsource. about other options when it came to like you know you can sell used stuff or you can buy used stuff yeah there are a lot of commission painters out there mm-hmm. that are amazing at what they do mm-hmm. um people think about like commission painting and they think oh that's really expensive yeah it can be it can also be Cheaper, too. A lot of commission painters have levels of painting quality. Yeah. If you just want painted stuff that you don't care about, like, how great it is, you just want painted models.
0: Yeah, just, like, base wash, dry brush. There are cheaper options. I'm
1: not... It's still going to be expensive. You're still going to have to pay, usually, the price of the box of the model for the models for, like, a basic quality paint job, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, if throwing cash at it is easy enough for you to have a painted army... Yeah. Then why not, man?
0: I think it's an expensive hobby. There's no way around that. Yeah. And one way of getting around, the cost of it is doing your own work, like painting and building. Mm-hmm. And that that extends further, like buying new stuff and spending more time fixing it up and yeah. re-pa- stripping and repainting mm-hmm. it. That's, that's cheaper than going on buying a new kit, but it's also more time-consuming.
1: Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before we were recording today um, because I got this Dreadnought Drop Pod secondhand. And it's not built or anything like that, but it's going to take a little bit of work. Yeah. And I said to you, I was like, you know what? Like, to me, my time doesn't cost me anything.
0: To me, my time is worthless. Yeah,
1: like to me, I don't care if I spend, you know, a few hours building a model that should probably only take me an hour. Yeah. Because I had to add some extra work in or I had to do a little bit of this or a little bit of that extra, right? I had to clean a model before I painted it because I bought it used or something like that. To me, that doesn't matter.
0: To some people, maybe it does. Well, I think in some cases, you're just looking at it. It's like, I'm getting hobbying time in, and yeah. if it takes longer to do that, that's cool. Other people, it's like, I only uh, I want to get this army done. I work hard, and my time's worth a lot. Yeah. I'll, send, I'll send out half of it to be commissioned
1: painted. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. There,
0: I think there used to be more of a stigma, but in this day and age, like... I care more about people having painted stuff on the Me table. Me too, 100%. Yeah. Uh, one thing I don't like is if you have a commissioned painted army, you shouldn't be entering in a tournament uh, in painting competitions, passing it off as your own work. 100%, yeah. That That's a line. For,
1: but. but for painting points... Yeah, in a tournament, a tournament that's 100% sure. that you paid the money to get your arm yeah. painted, you should be getting those points in the tournament.
0: Yeah, if it's like if there's a painting requirement or like a soft score option, yeah, you should be getting that cuz yeah. you're fielding a painted force. Yeah, and that
1: was part of your hobbying. You outsourced that part of your yeah. hobbying. There's no problem with that, but to enter in, yeah, a painting competition with a model that you didn't paint. Yeah, that I really don't like, but <laughs> um another thing too is you can kind of predict that feeling of hobby drought coming on, mm-hmm. that feeling of getting bored with what you're doing or getting yeah. tired of
0: what you're doing. Start getting like a stuffed nose and a <laughs> yeah. really
1: cough. Well, if you're already starting to like get bored with what you're painting, yeah, maybe put that aside, start on something else. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about all the options. We don't have to go over it again. But yeah, you can feel it coming on. Uh, we've talked about keeping clutter to a minimum. Yeah. I, clutter is my biggest thing. Um, I also find if I'm losing motivation, mm-hmm. take photos of your stuff. Yeah. If it's, if you like it, take photos of the, like take nice photos Mm -hmm. of the stuff that you've been working on. And it's like, it's like displaying your models. Yeah. Right. It's going to get, when you take that nice photo of a model and you put it on like a Facebook community or something like that, and you get that positive reaction, that positive reinforcement will encourage you to continue to continue to paint.
0: There's a whole like Twitter community, Instagram community. There's lots of options for you to, there's a lot of outlets for you to show off your hobby. Yeah. I personally don't take an I mean, I use the our podcast's Facebook page yeah. know, when I'm posting pictures, but there's a lot of opportunity to do that. And if, if you're really shy and don't want to f- you know, fly your nerd flag high, just make a new Instagram account just for just for your hobby. For, just for hobbying. Yeah. yeah. Or a Twitter account or mm-hmm. whatever.
1: Definitely. Um another thing that kinda helps me is reading I don't want to use the word fluff, but reading like storyline. Yeah. Reading about the forty K universe. Right. Yeah. Read some stories, uh, mm-hmm. watch some battle reports. Yeah, get get motivated, get into that atmosphere. Yeah. I, I know I kept one of the re- big reasons why I wanted to do this. Like I started off Grey Knights, and I kind of like blended it into like Inquisition and Grey Knights, because mm-hmm. I was reading the Eisenhorn series. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And I was like, "Damn, man, Inquisition is awesome." Mm-hmm. Well, I wish it was as awesome on the table <laughs> as it was in the fluff, but still, yeah, like, yeah. Re- you know, if you do Blood Angels, find a Blood Angels book, right. Uh, if you're into Tau, read some Tau stuff, mm-hmm. right? Read whatever army you're working yeah. on, and that'll get you, like, motivated because obviously you were drawn to the army for a reason. Yeah. Reading that fluff, reading those stories will get you reinvigorated yeah. into working on that army or, or playing with. Or watching army. good battle reports. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? Um, and then the last thing I want to talk about is try to level out your buying, building, and painting. yeah the problem that a lot of us have especially if you're not a fan of painting is you buy and build buy and build buy and build buy yeah. and build paint a little bit buy and build and the next thing you know you got three armies that are unpainted mm-hmm. and that's when that hobby drill comes in because you just don't want to even get yeah, started yeah. with it right if you level it out i know a lot of people are like i buy build and paint before i even it's, move on to anything it requires else.
0: a lot of discipline yeah. it's Especially hard right now when GW is putting out such great products. It's so quickly. Yeah,
1: so quickly. It's
0: like I mean, last month was it was really the or the other month it was really tough for me not to add a zinch component to my Sigmar. Yeah, you know, it's been really tough for me not to buy the triumvirate of Eldar Eldar, things and all that stuff. Where it's Mm -hmm. like, but I'm trying to stay focused and want to get a lot of Blood Angel stuff painted right now yeah so that that's where i'm trying to keep my discipline going
1: and then the last last thing okay i've already said it once you have to reiterate it because that's at the base of it all
0: dump your partner get painting that's
1: (laughs) make sure you're having fun man yeah that's why we got into it that's why we do this it's because we enjoy it because we have fun doing it and if you're not having fun doing it yeah then gotta start looking at these reasons as to why maybe you gotta step away
0: yeah take a break or switch it up switch it up
1: you will find that fun again Mm -hmm. because that's why we're doing it man
0: and when it's all said and done sometimes you just need to force yourself and you get the flow
1: going yeah then it'll come naturally that fun will come back naturally yeah yeah man i think that's pretty much all i have to say on the topic yeah i think we've painted
0: it fully (laughs) layered it it on nicely and did a bit of edge highlighting there
1: maybe a little bit of dry brushing yeah Dry brush a tiny bit. That's fine. That's fine. And and we finish it off with a nice bass. Yes. All right. Right mark. All right, bro. Let's go beyond the rim. Uh, Most people know what the segment's about, but here we're going to branch off from 40K, talk about the other stuff we've been that's been taking our lives up I don't know what you're talking about There's nothing beyond 40k <laughs>
0: At the end Edge of the galaxy Is just Tyranids Yeah <laughs> There's no galaxy Far, far away No Tyranids just, have taken over Star yeah, Wars Yeah That's why it's a long time ago Yeah Because <laughs> in the future The Tyranids eat that galaxy <laughs> The Great Devourer <laughs> it, it all makes sense now Wait right man. Uh What have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing games here and there Uh, The big one would be Star Wars Armada. Mm -hmm. We haven't done any more on the Corellian Conflict, but um, Noah and I went over to -to Face-to-Face Games. They run a... I don't know if it's X-Wing and Armada. There were people playing X-Wing there, but uh, there's Armada at Face-to-Face Games every Tuesday. Where is Face-to-Face Games? It's on a street in Toronto. (laughs) It's at right by Woodbine Station off the Bloor Line. So I think that's Woodbine and Danforth.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I was pretty sure that's the Danforth uh, store. Sure. Yeah, Yeah. it's in the Danforth area. <laughs> it's in the city of Toronto. Yeah, and how was that? That was awesome. Great community
0: there. There was actually, there was me, Noah, and a third new guy. And they were like, oh, our meta has like tripled in size. Oh. I mean, they, there were like four or five people who were part of that yeah. group. But yeah, it, great people, super friendly. There's uh, If you want to get involved with that, there's a Facebook group. Facebook group, uh, Star Wars Armada Ontario, I believe, mm-hmm. something to that effect. And every Tuesday starting at 6 is, uh, yeah, open gaming for Armada over
1: at Face to Face Games. Cool, man. Yeah. So when you guys are playing Armada now, I really don't want to spend the money, but I know I'm going to. Well, like I, I keep telling you, I've got an
0: Imperial fleet that I rarely use. Yeah. Well, I used it on this Tuesday, though.
1: Yeah. It's probably going to end up happening. I'm. I've been looking up some net lists for like imperial yeah. stuff. How to run it.
0: Yeah, a lot of gun body
1: freighters. No, it was um a lot of the ones that slow you down. Oh, There's interdictors. two interdictors, and then some smaller ones. Yeah, as well. And the interdictors really like. I think you flank with the interdictors and you really close the people in to come yeah. into the center, and then you just like destroy yeah. them with firepower. Well, I was
0: running my interdictor and it didn't do a whole lot because we got like. So my opponent, his name was Andy, and we got like locked in nose to nose pretty fast. And the interdictor is good at slowing people down. Yeah. But I'm like, if I slow you down, it doesn't really do anything because you're going too fast right now, anyways. So it just helps you.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, because the situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the one I was running.
0: There's other ones that can like reduce the speed of ships right at the start of the game to give you an advantage, allow oh, okay. you to move objectives. Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, there's so much more to the game that I need to learn as well. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we we'll play a game tonight. Oh, good. Uh, I actually really like that. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it up. Anyways,
0: um, so there's uh, one of the things about the game, interdictors, is during campaign mode, if you try to flee into hyperspace, Mm -hmm. if you're within range five in interdictor, you can't do that.
1: Right on, that's great. Which is really cool, Mm -hmm. yeah. So... Yeah, I love the campaign aspect to the game. Yeah. Uh, It's something that X-Wing doesn't really have, I don't think. Not from FFG. Oh, yeah, so a lot of the guys
0: are actually the guys who created the Atari Aturu cluster. Oh, no way. yeah, yeah that's so awesome. Yeah, so some of the guys who did that campaign are at go or, or, yeah, frequent like, face-to-face
1: games. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: really cool. I didn't interact with them, though. I just...
2: <laughs>
1: you just, like, me. sat back in awe. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Actually, I still want to play that. I haven't played it. You told me that you need, like, a lot of Imperial ships to play it.
0: You don't need a lot of Imperial. You... It depends, like, there's different builds and stuff. Yeah. Like, the standard points is 400, which is pretty high, but you could build a fleet fairly quickly, I mm-hmm. think. Right it's on. just, it's an expensive game. Like, yeah. it's up towards... not No, it's not Warhammer level, but it's... I don't think know, anything's Warhammer level. Well, Magic the Gathering. Okay, fine. But, um, you know, the starter box is 100 bucks, which is a pretty steep investment. Mm-hmm. And then you know, ships after that or expansion packs that's ranged is, from twenty to fifty.
1: Okay, let's get into a side discussion here. Okay. Is a hundred dollars really a steep investment to get into a game? Um how much is the forty K starter set? 120,
0: 150 or
1: something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. That's a good
1: point. Right? And I mean I know you have to buy more to get into the game really. It's same not with gonna 40K, give you, though. But same with forty K and same with all these other well, modeling th- games, right? And also, you buy the hundred dollars. You're in the game. You you spend the hundred and twenty, hundred and forty for the starter set. You're not in the game yet. You for still a got forty k. You mean? Yeah, you still yeah. got to build all that. You got to buy oh, the stuff to build yeah. all your models. Yeah. Right. You got to buy a codex. Yeah. True. Right. I don't think a hundred dollars is that steep of a price to get into a
0: game with. Well, if you look at a high quality board game, it's going to run you close to a hundred or more.
1: So it's yeah the say. more in depth community games and stuff like that yeah
0: but if you're gonna run a if you're gonna buy a game that has the same depth as the miniature games that we're talking about like Warhammer or Armada it's gonna be a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or more I think the uh, the steep price point is when you compare it to X Wing where the starter gets half that cost
1: yeah the so, model count for X Wing is a lot lower too but the meta in X Wing changes. So Very frequently. Ra- yeah, and that's yeah.
0: what a lot of players were saying. It's like, oh, I used to play X Wing, but I like Armada because the meta, the release schedule is so much slower.
1: Yeah, it's a lot slower. There's also like so many kits in X Wing that you have to buy, even if you don't, just to get the cards. Just to get the yeah. cards for it's like I'm never going to use this tie, interceptor or something like that. But I yeah. need this one card that's in this kit, right? And well, the it's... kits are cheaper, but it's Same still it's still Armada up, right?
0: like. Uh, there was one card I was building in list, and I realized it's only in the Victory Star Destroyer kit. Hmm. Well, I already have two victories from the starter set.
1: But they didn't come
0: with... No, because it's different cards in the yeah, expansion yeah, packs. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to buy a third victory that I'm never going to use for
1: this one card. I've seen on the uh, Toronto Wargaming Trading Post yeah. um, group on Facebook, There's every once in a while, someone will post up something for Armada, and the other day, some guy had two starter sets for $100, and oh. I should have jumped on it and I didn't and then someone else picked it up and it's yeah. like two starter sets would be so I think Noah saw that same thing and probably was like you should talk to Jay about yeah. splitting it yeah that's that would have been nice yeah <laughs> anyways anything else you've been playing um, yeah a few but what about you
0: what have you been playing
1: um, so I mean I'm just like a massive Overwatch whore as I say in every episode that game just sucks my life just away shut your horror Overwatch yeah mouth. exactly but um, earlier in February we picked up For Honor Came yeah. out on Valentine's Day. So it was a little Valentine's Day present to myself. <laughs> um So you're just hanging out alone in your apartment playing
2: now. So my girlfriend, girlfriend, so. girlfriend
0: hates me. <laughs> um, Jason, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> um
1: but so sorry, Britt, your voice is nothing like that. Yeah. I don't know if she listens, but so um for honor, it kind of looks like a Dynasty Warriors game at first glance because you're like a bigger, stronger guy running around a battlefield. Um, with a lot of peons around, unless you're playing like a duel or a brawl where it's just like four on four, which is the maximum the game has is four on four. Okay. Um, So you're running around with like lots of peons and you can just like light strike them like it's nothing. Yeah. And then you'll see like the other big guys, they have like icons over their heads too. So it's easier for you to pick them out in the battlefield. Um, And then you can get into like a one-on-one fight in in the course of this massive battle that's going Mm -hmm. on, right? Um, However, when you actually look at the game, It's a fighting game, like Mortal Kombat, where there's a moveset to each character, and each character plays differently than all the other ones. Some characters have uh, spears, some characters have swords, some characters have halberds, um, Mm -hmm. daggers, and shit like that, right? There's one character that has a mace, and his combo is an infinity amount of light attacks, so long as every light attack is in a different direction. Oh, yeah. Because it's a 3D game. So you have, when you go into your guard stance, you have an upwards block and a left and a right block. Okay. So if you're attacking from the left, I have to make sure I'm blocking from your left or whatever, right? And I can usually see, some characters won't let you see where they're attacking from. That's Mm kind of like their benefit. Um, But I can generally see what side you're trying to attack from. Yeah. And mid combo, you can change up the directions of the attacks. So this guy with the mace is just continually coming at you, left to right, over top to right, to left, over Mm -hmm. right, just walking towards you he's a tank too so he's just bam bam he's got massive shields so when you finally attack back he can pull back on his defense and it blocks everything oh jesus so he's just he's just taking the attacks and then coming back at you with the names right it's not the character that i use i generally just use the the basic guy Mm -hmm. i went right off the bat for this character named peacekeeper who is a um she's got uh two smaller blades right really fast can't take a lot of damage but she specializes in stabbing you and causing bleed damage. Oh, okay. So I run up to you, grab you, stab you a few times, kick off of you and move back Mm -hmm. and you're just bleeding out as you're coming towards me trying to attack you but I'm fast enough to try dodge, block, block, dodge, stab, stab, stab. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's a hard character. Like, all the characters, they tell you what the difficulty of them are. I see. Um, So I like her, but it was hard to kind of... When you're getting used to the game and so much of the game is timing. Yeah. Being able to block that strike right at the perfect second mm-hmm. to because if you block at the perfect second you can stun the guy or right. a lot of special abilities come based off of blocking stuff mm-hmm. um, so to play a character with such low HP and such a high mastery level um, I had to step it down a little bit so I just went with uh, I think he's the warden okay. he's just the basic guy um, for the knights there's three factions knights yeah, samurais and ask. vikings and then each class has um, four characters each Usually, faction, each mean? faction, yeah. yeah. Usually a, like, a generic guy who's kind of just decent at all everything. Round, yeah. yeah. A tank, um, some type of weaker specialist-type character, mm-hmm. and then, like, a medium specialist-type character. They're, each one rank is different. Like, the tanks aren't all just, like, heavy bruisers. One of the tanks might be a counterattack tank or something I like see. that, right? Um, but it's nice that there's that versatility with all the different characters, and it has that Overwatch... Um, appeal to it in that like you have to master one character and that's going to take you a little while mm-hmm. and then once you master that character you'll get into playing a different character there's right. 12 characters right now to learn and master right so eventually when you get bored of playing this the same character you'll start to move on to master another one it's the same thing in overwatch i never thought i would ever play as symmetra and that's like all i play as now I see. she's <laughs> the new one right no no no. she's oh. one of the original ones but she got a complete rework oh, okay where like her powers changed almost completely oh shit yeah but, uh, yeah, I'm walking so the shit out of that now.
0: When you're uh, playing For Honor and you're doing a four-on-four four match, do you have to all be from the same faction?
1: No, you don't have to. So okay. how um, from how, how I understand it is it's done in seasons. Okay. So um, I pick samurai, but I play as a knight mainly, right? Okay. But after each game, you can deploy war assets, and there's a map. And on the map, there's, like, the different game modes and different sections of the map, much like a risk map. Okay. And it'll show you the percentages of what what's going on in that battle. It might be a three-way battle for a position. It might just be a two-way between you and, like, let's say the Samurais and the Knights or something like that. Yeah. And you deploy your war assets there, and then there's a countdown timer. And at the end of the countdown timer, it'll readjust based on how much people oh, have deployed their okay. war assets, right? And then every—I don't know if it's every day or whatnot, but it'll re redo the map mm-hmm. to how— what the battle's actually going on. I see, I see. And then you gain points and then there's five rounds in like the or there's five stages in the rounds or something like that. And whoever wins ends up getting mm-hmm. a um like new emblems and stuff. Yeah and bonuses and things like that. Um so it encourages it encourages you to play more. Yeah. The more you play, the more war assets you're gonna get, the more you can lay down and stuff. And it's it's interesting. it's another level to the game that keeps you involved in what's going on with your faction. Right. So you can still play as any character, but it's where you're going to deploy your war assets yeah. for your faction, right? Yeah. I think samurais are just getting absolutely destroyed. Oh. I guess I don't play enough. <laughs>
0: it's, there, it's all on your shoulders, Jay. Exactly you're, you're letting right. everyone Yeah, play. I know. <laughs> it sounds really cool. I need it is to cool. It.
1: I like the dueling part a little bit more than like Dominion, which is like domination, like the three points with like all the little okay. guys running around and stuff. I do like the duels, the one-on-one battles. It feels more like a fight game. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that it can get into like 2 on 1s or like 3 on 2s yeah. or 4 on 3s and stuff like that where it's just like if you have a 1 on 1 battle or something like that and you kill your guy okay now I'm going to it's there's still other guys in the fight now right, I'm going to run right, and help right. my buddy out right or let's say I start off the battle and it'll show you you're up against this guy mm-hmm. right and then you start kind of 1 on 1 away from the map but like usually how the spawns work in duels and stuff or brawls mm-hmm is you'll start in different areas of the map okay. in a one-on-one fight. Okay, well, let's say you and me start off against each other. I'm just going to run away from you and join somebody else's fight yeah, and have you right. chase me, and now we're in a two-on-two fight. Or right. if I think it's a bad matchup or something like that, I'll mm-hmm. just run away. You can also like, throw guys off ledges and stuff. So. That's cool. Yeah, always look for the ledge. I'll have <laughs> to try this next time. Mobile. Yeah, next time you're over, man, I want you to try it. I think you'll really, really like it. All right, maybe
0: sometime in the next week or <laughs> something, if you're not too busy studying. Yeah. I uh,
1: don't
0: yeah. know if I've played anything else. Yeah, you and Greg were really pushing to, for me to get an Xbox One. It's
1: yeah, man, you just moved it, into a new place, and uh, you got yourself like a nice little TV room that I think an Xbox and a nice flat screen would There's no TV in the t- TV room, so yeah, well, it's
0: kind of just what you decided it's going to be. I think you decided, too. To be fair, I was at my parents, and I was like hoping they'd have a
1: flat screen just stashed somewhere yeah. they
0: weren't using, but...
1: Well, I mean, it's not that big of a room, so you don't yeah. need that big of a TV, but I think you can get yourself a nice, like, 40 inch in there or something like that. Yeah, I need money. <laughs> <laughs> that makes the world go round.
0: I might get a TV and bring my 360 here just so we can game, because I have four controllers yeah. for it. So, I've got some buddies over, we can just throw on some uh, retro Call of Duty or something. Yeah, yeah. Um,. Yeah, I ran uh Edge of the Empire Starting Adventure, Escape from All Shooter with some coworkers. Mm-hmm. That's a great but adventure. Work. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had five people. I think two of them had never role played before. Mm-hmm. And two of them were like veteran role players, but yeah. not that system.
2: Yeah.
0: They really liked it. And I think the two who'd never played, one of the I was talking to one of them afterwards and she said she didn't really know what was going on, but she says she's like that she with all fun games. Like, yeah, I think
1: so. So, and if I already, you've never roleplayed before, playing a roleplaying game is very intimidating. That's true. Yeah. Just it's being so. thrown right in there, just being like being able to make decisions and stuff. Yeah. And I think we talked about this before. And I recommended because there's a follow up mission for that as well. Mm-hmm. And I said you should run that with them as well. We didn't run it in our group. And I'm not a big RPGer. I enjoy it, but I've never really gotten into it other than the little bit of edge that we've done. Yeah. And I do find that that first mission, it you have the ability to do whatever you want, but it has the map already made for you and everything. So you're kind of limited. To, you're not limited, but you're very guided. It's on very in,
0: hard rails. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Where you're like, hey, you should go here and you should go here. Like these are your kind of options about where you want to go. Where would you like to go? Okay, that's a decision I can make. Right. Yeah. Whereas when it's just like you've come to the space station, where would you like to go? It's like, um, what are my options? Yeah, you can go anywhere. Right. Um, uh, I need to go to the bathroom. So especially with a like a group where it seems like there's a lot of new people, I would recommend doing the this the follow up one. one. There's another.
0: There's a third adventure that takes place on Coruscant. That's completely new characters. That's also pretty
1: good. Oh right. On. Yeah. It's a little more open world. Like well, you would think after the third one they would that's when you yeah. have to start letting letting the reins free and letting
0: them go yeah it, it's good because it's it's all new characters so when we we when i got into it daryl ran escape from mashuda and then we did it's called under the black sun because mm-hmm. it has something to do with the black sun and uh, we ran that using very different characters and then we started our own i think after mm-hmm. that and it's good because it's it's a very different setting. It's very diff- it's different characters, and it uses obligation really well. Oh, okay, it's yeah. It's a great way to explain that. Mm-hmm. So I might, yeah, I'll either run the follow-up or Under the Black Sun. And it's better because in the second act, essentially there's three places you can go to, and you just go to any of them in yeah. whatever order. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, it's a good adventure. Awesome, man. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was fun. And talked to a couple of other people at work who couldn't make it. On that Friday. So hopefully I'll have another group. And just my plan is just get amalgamate all these role players and have a larger group.
1: Yeah. It's awesome you have so many role
0: players at work. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, there's some of them are just getting into it. But like the guy, the IT guy at my work is like huge into Fate, which is a really narrative system that, uh, having done a bit of research, Edge of the Empire and the other Force and Destiny and Age of Rebellion draw on that very heavily. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, A lot less uh, crunch Mm -hmm. than Edge of the Empire, even, and far less than D&D. Like, there's no weapon statistics except, like, this weapon gives you plus one damage. This one gives you plus two. Oh, okay. And it's very straightforward six-sided dice that have, like, plus symbols, minus symbols, and blank. Right on. And it's, like, all on a scale from, like, negative five to plus five or something. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, very straightforward. Yeah, 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 very simple but, like, extremely narrative, so I want to try it.
1: Cool. Right on, man. Mm-hmm. We also have started up uh, the 40K RPG as well. Yeah. I'd be interested in looking through the well, rulebook. Yeah. Well,
0: I can lend you... I've got two of them. I got Black Crusade and Dark Heresy. Maybe in so. a few weeks. Yeah. Okay, yeah, don't study that one. you got to study electricity. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get your fulmination down. Before yeah, you yeah, up. exactly. My fulmination right on. <laughs> so, but I've been... I, I don't... I think this fate or the, uh... Warhammer RPG is a little too crunch heavy, mm-hmm. so I was thinking trying Fate with it instead. And I actually found on, or actually the tech guy at my work found for me, uh, a conversion of 40k to the Fate system.
1: Oh, really? That's interesting. But I, hmm. it,
0: I think Fate might be too light on the crunch. Yeah. Because I, I personally I like, you know, going a little the, bit of the crunch there. I like seeing the difference between like a bolter and a storm bolter, or yeah. a las gun and a long las. Mm-hmm. Or like, I remember in, uh, in Inquisitor, there's, like, four different types of bolters and three different types of LAS guns, And nice. I think
1: that's really cool. But I saw some conversion work on some Inquisitor 28 stuff. Oh, yeah? It just made me want to get back into it so bad. <laughs> I'm not working on it, but I've been thinking about
0: amalgamating Dark Heresy and Inquisitor into one game. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Dark Heresy is so much stuff. So you, Inquisitor, yeah. yeah, well, it, it's similar systems. Like they're both one D one hundred base mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So if I could find a way to amalgamate them, because there's you know the Inquisitor the Inquisitor book's pretty dated. Yeah. So if you just took it, if you switched over to um, to like Dark Heresy, for example, your armory just would explode yeah. with new items yeah. and all these new talents and stuff.
1: It'd be a lot of fun. Maybe try that out.
0: Yeah, it's just getting the. Converting it to essentially a miniature game is kind of difficult. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Right on, man. I think that's uh, all the extra stuff I've been playing.
0: Uh, I played a bit of NHL 94 <laughs> and Mass Effect 2, but you know, those aren't.
1: Oh, your retro games. gaming. How You've never played NHL 94, No, nope, right? this was the first time. How'd you like it? I liked it a lot. I liked it way better than like the current <laughs> NHL games. I actually, it is the classic. It is considered the yeah, greatest NHL game of all I, time. I can see why. You guys play no wraparounds, right? Uh. (laughs) ian is like he doesn't know anything about hockey well other than the fighting you can't in nhl 94 if you went around the net and then tried to put it in the net it was like an instant goal every single time oh so normally at the guy that he was playing nhl 94 with is like he loves it like he Mm -hmm. hosts like tournaments for it and stuff still yeah um and that's normally one of the rules at the tournaments there's no wraparounds. oh is this elton no, Dave. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, Dave I was playing
0: against Dave and I he won one nothing. I think it was Dave. Might have been Greg. Anyways. <laughs> Dave's such a cool guy. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, no, that was fun. And Mass Effect, it's like I'd play an hour before bed and it's like better than watching a movie. Yeah,
1: Mass Effect is amazing. Yeah. The new one comes up pretty soon. So Yeah, I need to be two and three still. I'm very tempted to to get the new one. I just Is it on Xbox I, One? Yeah, I just don't think I have time to commit to a game like that. Fuck. <laughs> maybe you see how much money I get back
0: from the government in April
2: yeah
0: or I could start a horse heresy army
1: who knows <laughs> who knows who, who knows where I'll blow my money next find out next time on the wrong side of Ian's <laughs> wallet right on man All right, that's it for me alright I think I'm done too alright let's close this show up alright alright so episode 21 in the bag. Yeah. And then we're going to throw it in the
0: lake and watch those puppies drown. <laughs> Sorry, I took that to a really dark place.
1: <laughs> That's all good, man. So, um, so I think, gonna, first, first off, I, want to say, I, I don't in. know. Yeah, we're just going <laughs> to pretend you didn't say that. All right. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be here next episode. I don't know when you're going to end up recording, mm. but we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll make it in time. Maybe I won't. Yeah. I mm. got a lot coming up in the next month. Yeah. Going right. to Calgary. My oh, shit. I I'm didn't gonna, know that. Yeah, I'm going to Calgary uh April twelfth.
0: When were you gonna tell me? I thought you knew. <laughs> no. Yeah. What was the
1: last to find out? What are you going to Calgary for? Uh Britt and I are just going just to hang out. She got a friend there. Go nice. see. Go to Banff. Yeah, go for a week. I uh used Aeroplan Miles. Okay. So it was one seventy per ticket round trip. That sounds good. Yeah, pretty good. I don't know if they're going rates to Calgary and back, but uh, normally about like six, seven hundred bucks. That's really good, <laughs> and uh, we're staying at a friend's place, so nice it's free uh, free room. And the woman has a car for us to use too, an extra car. Shit, so. son! Free rent a car. So, <laughs> uh, you know my cousin Adam?
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. He messaged me on Facebook. I don't know if I told you, but he got back into forty k. Oh, was did he really? Me these like really cool conversions. Oh, really? That's awesome. So. <laughs> Bring an army and message him. Yeah. And go play. <laughs> I, don't, him. Know if I, have time I don't even know where in Alberta no, he is. He's in Scout, Ed- is well he was battery. in Edmonton before. I think he is in yeah.
1: Edmonton, yeah. I probably won't be going to Edmonton. <laughs> what if there I've been a, there. There's a mall. There's a game. There's a mall. Oh,
0: <laughs> with the GW? I
1: wouldn't doubt it, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> right on, man. Um, so I guess our home store is Games Workshop Young and Lawrence. Yep. If you want to get a game in with us, let us know.
0: Yeah, I live in Toronto now. Unfortunately, I don't have internet, so if this episode goes up late, apologies, because <laughs> yeah. fucking Rogers and Tech Savvy are... Your modem is MIA? Yeah, the guy showed up talking my internet and was like, oh, your modem would be in the mail. I'm like, what? You don't have it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully this won't be too long. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so shoot his message on Facebook. We can be found at facebook.com slash maelstrom. If you don't like Facebook, we have an email, wrongsideofthemaelstrom at gmail.com. And uh, if you don't have either of those, you might run into as a games workshop.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
1: um, also, we do have the spaces in between our segments. If you want to throw up some free advertising, I repeat, free advertising, um, let us know. We'll get something together. You can. We can either record it for you. You can record it and send it to us, or we can meet up and record it together. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. This show is for you guys. So
0: yeah. If you have a paint service or an upcoming event, let us know. Yeah. We are uh, the scheduled drop date for our episodes is the 13th of every month. So if it's after that, we can put it in. If it's before that, we can throw it up on our Facebook page. Yep. Um, We are here for you. Yes, (laughs) I'm here to serve the Toronto community. (laughs) In any way necessary.
1: Right now, man. Uh, right. You have any events you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I know Meeple Mart is running a Gathering Storm campaign that will have started by the time this... It already has started. Right on. It Campaign slash league. mm mm-hmm. um, That's all i can think of off the top of my head. Check out Face to Face Games if you're in Armada Tuesday nights at 6. And check out their Facebook page, Star Wars Armada Ontario. Mm-hmm and i think that's about you it
1: you were saying that harry tarantula has a oh it's closed now oh it's
0: closed now Is yeah it it's done? done Oh, okay oh, there you yeah go. harry Never tarantula <laughs> the downtown location had a closing sale <laughs> yeah and the door was closed and locked and moved, they were moved on saturday during the biting wind when i went there <laughs> not bitter whatever <laughs> right on man well that's it for me all right that's it for me too my name's ian and i'm jason and we'll see you on the wrong side of the maelstrom